ladies and gentlemen, I, Daniel, the Keeper of Arcane Secrets, would like to welcome you to a special Halloween miniseries produced by the It's a Mimic podcast. Beginning tonight and airing every Monday and Thursday between now and Halloween, the cast of It's a Mimic will be exploring November 1922, the frozen Canadian North, the apocalyptic rule set of Call of Cthulhu, and the deepest recesses of my own mind. Join us as we embark on the deadly homebrew adventure that I call The Deep Dark of Radiance. November 13, 1922, the world is still recovering from the Great War. While it is a time of great prosperity for some, turmoil and danger still lurks in the shadows of Western life. The Spanish flu ravages Europe while it is trying to rebuild. The Soviet Communist Party has a promising new general secretary, Joseph Stalin, and Germany sits in economic ruin and global embarrassment while the seeds of resentment quietly grow. Across the Atlantic, families still mourn the losses of their sons, while the divide between the rich and the poor widens, and prohibition grips America in its fist. While some people escape their troubles by going to the cinema and watching the horrifying masterpiece Nosferatu, many wealthy people flood across the Canadian border looking for good drinks and better times. In the far north of wintry Canada, atop the ten provinces that spread from coast to coast, sit two uncharted territories. The Northwest Territories span from Hudson Bay across the majority of the north, but nestled in between it and Alaska are the Yukon Territories. A harsh and beautiful wilderness, the Yukon is home to precious few people and very few settlements. The native Inuit walk the tundra and arctic landscapes across the northernmost rocky mountains and through the frozen forests and windswept plains. Beneath the beautiful glow of the greens and yellows of the aurora borealis, these tribes pass their deep wisdom and ancient knowledge from person to person as they promote balance, honor, and a peaceful existence among the wolves and bears and other predators. While the trains pull mostly supplies and cargo along this route, some passenger cars have been occasionally added during peak seasons. But most people who choose to travel do so via the pride of the region, the tourist attraction for the rich and famous, the one and only Yukon Adventure. This is the largest and most extravagant passenger experience in the Arctic and boasts royalty and millionaires among its clientele. The train is painted the deepest red and the darkest black, standing in harsh contrast to the white and green landscape. It holds five passenger cars, two sleeping cars, a dining car, a lounge, and four indoor cargo cars. 
While it does stop at every major city along the way, it merely slows as it passes through the smaller mining towns, fishing villages, and military outposts to give the drunken millionaires and weary travelers a glimpse of the simple way that these people live. The exception to this, of course, is Radiance Yukon. Named after the Northern Lights and overlooking the distant Wolfjaw Lake, Radiance is where the Canadian Gold Rush both sprung to life and gasped its final breath. While it has seen better times, its significance to the gold rush brings in tourists' money and government funding to keep the city running. Even the nearby mines have received recent interest by a small geological team. With the exception of a 37-day span in November and December, when the sun disappears below the horizon for over five weeks. Radiance thrives as a jewel among the Canadian North. The locals are known for being friendly and helpful. The landscape is known for being picturesque and the money is known to flow even now. In a world still hurting from the Great War, quiet little Radiance is a frozen paradise where people can live and be free. Or so it would seem. Evil lurks just beyond the vision of the citizens of Radiance, and as the sun begins to set upon its long journey below the horizon, the Yukon adventure hurtles toward the quiet little tourist town, blaring its ragtime music from a well-loved monophone in the dining car and click-clacking along unsuspectingly. Everyone knows this is the last trip of the season. But what they don't know is that it's the last trip that the train and most of its passengers will ever make. One of these people, Charity Flanagan, a mixed-race young woman who was rescued from poverty by the sudden inheritance of her mysterious father's considerable estates, rubs elbows with some of her fellow wealthy Americans. She has her unwavering sight set on continuing her father's legacy and proving herself as an entrepreneur. She has decided to start the same way her father did, by mining for precious metals in the Canadian North. But she is not the only American on this train, nor even in the dining car. Sticking out like a sore thumb is the imposing enormity of Moses T. Ripley. A mountain of muscle hidden behind a grisly black beard, Moses, or as his friends in his old regiment liked to call him, Rip, is a surprisingly thoughtful man with a love of tinkering. While he didn't see combat in the Great War, he was discharged early due to a series of family emergencies. Now, with his mother's farmstead facing foreclosure, he heads into the frigid wastelands of northern Canada to find work and perhaps fortune. But while some men run towards their destinies, others run from it. Others, like Detective Martin Claude Noir, a veteran of the Great War and aging police officer, Detective Noir has become accustomed to the senseless brutality of mankind. Nothing, however, 
prepared him for the wretched night when he had to gun down a criminal in a back alley. It was a heart-wrenching scene. A split-second decision, a sudden gunshot, blasting through the peaceful night, and the wail of an old man. An old man who, in the heat of the moment, chose to commit to duty above all else and take the life of another man, a criminal, his son. Looking to escape the horrors of his life in Montreal, he accepted a transfer to a small town in the Yukon called Radiance. Perhaps the cold could harden his heart. And though one heart tries to harden in the speeding dining car, others beat with warmth and compassion. A young girl fresh from nursing school, a friendly geologist returning to his scientific outpost, a skittery waiter who simply wants to please. There are many faces peering out of the window of the train, but none so mysterious as the large, quiet woodsman with an odd rasp and distant eyes. His past is hidden in the smoke of many private meeting rooms, covered in the darkness of countless clandestine missions, and lost in the death rattles of more men than he cares to admit. When the war was over, he retired from espionage and attempted to eke out a simple life. But when one is trained to hunt, one must hunt. It was in his blood. So this man, who goes only by Gunther, now sits and drinks his whiskey solemnly and listens to the chatter of the people around him. to uh, just flag down the conductor, whoever's closest that works on the train. There is a train worker. He's kind of just standing by the front of the dining car. I mean, he makes his way over to you. Uh, yeah, sir, what can I do for you? Yeah, bonjour. How long before we arrive? Um, well, our next stop is Radiance. Um, it is a smaller mining village, but uh, it's it's going to be our last stop for a couple days before we move on to uh, Anakbuk. Um, which is further north um, there, but um, we have some supplies to offload, so we'll be stopping in Radiance for a couple days. We'll probably be there in a few hours. One hour, two hour? Um, without conferring directly with the uh, uh, um, conductor, my best guess would be two hours, sir. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, would you like a drink? I could get the uh, major to bring you something. Wait, uh, Chardonnay. Chardonnay? Yes. Very, very good, very good. And he turns and goes away. And within a couple minutes, a well-dressed man with well-groomed blonde hair and a tuxedo with, you know, uh, it's all black tie in here. Everything is very well put together in this in this cart. Brings over a glass of Chardonnay for you. He's got his towel draped over his arm and he bows nicely to you. Is anything else for you, sir? Uh, it would just be in my notebook. I probably won't even look around. So you can just leave it there. Okay. And he turns and walks away um, and makes his way over to the lady. Um, can I get you another drink, Matt? 
Um, no, thank you. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you need anything, just make sure you um, raise your hand, draw my attention. I'll, I'll be here right away. Yep, we'll do. And he backs away as well. He is straight up avoiding the hairy woodman sitting in the back corner, uh, as well as the miner who um, used the last of his pennies to get onto this fairly expensive way north. What would you guys want to do? I raise my hand. Um, uh, yes, sir. Yes, what can I get for you? Uh, water, please. Uh, yes, very well. Uh, he turns and backs away. Uh, his, um, he seems almost off-put by your presence. He comes back with a glass of water and a pitcher and says, for you, sir. Thank you. Not, not a problem at all. And, oh, and he kind of steals himself and turns. And for you, sir? Uh, would you like anything as well? Whiskey. Neat. Yes, very good. And he goes and produces this whiskey and brings it over to you in a in a nice uh, shaped glass. Is there anything else you would like? No? Okay. He turns and backs away and standing behind him is this scrawny little man. And as your eyes are drawn up to him, he's standing like barely five feet tall. He's maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. He has large, thick glasses and is wearing this uh, rather well-put-together suit. And as you look at him, I need for you to roll a spot hidden. Everyone in the car can roll a spot hidden real quick, which is going to be your percentile chance, and you're trying to roll below what your spot hidden skill is. Ooh, splendid. Only just. Uh, 15. 15. You're good? I got 51 trying to get 55. You're good? I, I'm, I'm below mine. Uh, 15. Is that a hard success for you? Yes. Oh, yes it is. Awesome. I, I got 66 below 70. Okay. Um, I got 28. Oh, 28. Is that a hard success for you? Uh, it is not even a normal success. You have just a 25 and that's good. Oh. So, uh, you are, uh, you, Charity, are enthralled in, uh, what are you doing other than just sitting, drinking your drink and enjoying Um, I'm being nosy, actually. Okay. Everything that's going on. Okay, cool. Uh, successfully, apparently. You, you are, <laughs> there is so much going on. There's, there's probably a, a cool dozen of people in this room. There's, there's a young couple dancing to the ragtime music off to the side. Uh, um, a couple of tables are occupied. Um, you do see this one scrawny looking guy talking to this clear woodsman. Like, this guy has uh, weathered gear and stuff on, but there's so much moving in, in here. Uh, you're not quite able to focus. You notice this scrawny man walk up to the woodsman. Right. So I do. Yes, you do. You, both you and the detective, like you're you're sitting there uh, writing a little bit of notes and stuff to yourself, and then you see, uh, you see this scrawny man walk up, and his hands are kind of ringing. Like you understand a nervous composure, Gunther. As you look up, the lights of the train fluctuate, and something feels a bit weird. Um, but the power comes back on quickly. Um, it's almost imperceptible the amount of like the, the fluctuating lights in the in the cabin. Um, and this little man goes, uh, "Do you happen to uh, be a woodsman?" Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, fantastic. Um, uh, hi, my name is Leonard Winkler, and he shoves his hand directly in your face to like shake your hand. Uh, a little shake in return. <laughs> uh, it's very, very good to meet you. Um, are are you going to be spending quite a bit of time in Radiance? But what brings you to the town? Oh, uh, 
with a uh, you know, big game hunter. Um, oh, what's your biggest catch? I've never actually fired a gun myself. I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit bookish. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm my, technically my name's Doctor Leonard Winkler. I don't like to weigh that down on anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm a local geologist. But uh, what 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 are you uh, here to hunt? Uh, I, hear- uh, I mean, I would love to see a polar bear, but we got some big ones out here in Radiance. I'm actually on my I'm on my way back from a little bit of a family vacation in Edmonton. Um, I I uh, wanted to ask you actually, uh, would you be open to being hired? Um, well, you see, I, as I mentioned, I am a I'm, I'm a geologist, and I um, I have to get to my outpost that is up uh, near the mountains, just north of Radiance. Um, and I fear that because of the delays and whatnot of the train, that I'm I'm, I'm cutting it a bit close, and I, I would like just some help making it to the scientific outpost. How far are we talking? Do you have transportation or anything? Um, I've got docks. Um, do you have any experience in guiding a dock sled? No. Oh, okay. Uh, well, um, well, well, we can make do. It's, it's mostly for protection uh, against these big beasty animals. We grow them big out here. Uh, but uh, I, I do have dogs. They're, they're in the cargo train right now. Um, and um, you are more than welcome to use them to transport me up. But once I'm up there, I will need to keep them. Uh, I assume you would be more than capable of walking back to town like it's on the dogs. It's only about a half day to two day or a half day to one day uh, trek through the wilderness to the outpost. Are you offering compensation? Uh, oh, yes, very much so. Uh, the I, I work with the McGregor Scientific Award, and uh, we, we do have certain benefits now that we've actually finally gotten our funding. Um, we've been working a couple of years without it, and we finally got it, so so we're, we're doing some good work. And I'm assuming that there would maybe be room to stay for a couple of days in case the weather turns? In, in the outpost? Oh, certainly. It's, it's actually funny story. It's, 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 it's an old... Um, uh, can I sit? I just... Of course. feel like I've been standing here a while. Okay, so he, he's going to pull up a chair and wave down uh, the waiter, and he's just going to ask for water, right? And, and as the waiter walks away, he goes, got to keep the mind sharp, right? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, I... Um, we we've made we've we've refitted retrofitted um, the local mining outpost uh, into one where we can actually work on some of the weird metals and stuff that are in the area. It's very interesting. Do you know anything about geology? Not particularly. No. Um, and as he brings us up, Adam, uh, you are sitting two chairs away. Do you want me to roll a listen? Yeah, roll a listen. See if you see if you hear this conversation. Uh, oh, yes, I I hear it with a, it's a hard success. It's a hard success? Uh, he specifically brings up odd metals, and he, he starts talking about, we, we found this weird form of iron in an old gold mine, and we, we're trying to figure it out. It's quite interesting and intriguing. Um, there's some weird organic properties to it, and we're, we're, we're really trying to figure it out, and he just starts nerding out about this. Are you going to want to interject or anything here, Adam? No, but I am eavesdropping. Okay. As, as you guys go, the, the train does hit another, and uh, he goes, uh, so, with 
in this we like there's there's currently a team we're a smaller team we've got we've got four people um there's there's me who's coming back from our uh the trip i'm coming back a little early um but uh, apparently uh there's been a wave of sickness that's gone through the town so uh, a couple people have come up and I, i'm i'm assuming that's why any points around the train there's there's a larger period of people i mean this is usually the smaller train that comes up into town when you hit the deep dark the trains tend to get a little lighter if you understand of course yeah uh, yes it seems absolutely agreeable to me uh, 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 i can't help but overhear you saying uh, oh, yes. hitting a, a deep dark i've never heard this term before oh uh, uh the deep dark is uh, a very loose translation of the inuit word um but there is a roughly month long period where we will not get the sun it won't it won't raise here and then it's just it's basically nighttime for a full month yeah. um but to ease your worries uh Sir, and he is physically cringing back away from you. Like, you are just a monster of a man, and he is, just by your appearance, kind of withdrawn from you. And he goes, not to worry, we get some of the best northern lights during these times. The brightest greens and blues that you'll ever see. And, and they tend to light up the landscape. Snow's quite reflective, as, as you know, and, and, and the lights will reflect it. And even though it's night, you can still see for a ways in, in, the, in the wilderness. Why are you coming to Radiance, a man your size? Are, are you coming to be one of the replacement workers? Uh, no, uh, scouting out the local mines. Oh, um, but for what? Well... There used to be a lot of gold up here, and I assume there's still some left somewhere. Oh, if, if you find gold in these mountains, you're going to be a lucky, lucky man. But most of it was strip mined years upon years ago. Uh, there was actually a huge mining corporation that made their home here, and, and that's what we've taken off. I could lead you to one of the mines if, if you would like to come with us. Um, I could show you uh, one of the local mines, and maybe you could get... I'm going to stand up out of my chair, and I'm going to walk over and, uh, and reach out. Rip. Rip. Gunther. Gunther the Hunter. Gunther the Hunter. I like it, it rhymes. <clears throat> Friends call me gun. I get it. That's that's quite that's quite uh and, so and, gun and rip. And your name, sir? Oh, my my name's uh Leonard Winkler. Uh Dr. Leonard Winkler. I'm gonna, PhD. You, I'm gonna call you Winky. Uh or my, my friends call me Lenny. I'm gonna call you Winky. <laughs> I mean, Lenny is preferred. I understand, Winky. But we're, we're sticking with Winky. Oh, okay. Um, can I hear any of this? Oh, oh. Roll a listen. <laughs> I just want to know whether I'm completely oblivious to this or not. Yeah. Oh, it'll always be. Uh, let me check. Listen. No, I cannot. You feel? Yeah. You are absorbed by your work. You're, you're just writing down. Uh, little notes and, and people are kind of giving you some space because you've kind of got this dour atmosphere to you you're this older beaten cop right like beat down cop I would say middle age for sure yeah uh, this is the 20s that's older that's true um so yeah people are giving you your distance uh what about you would you like to roll uh listen see if you're eavesdropping on this conversation yeah oh good uh, 33. Compare it against. 20. 
Twenty. <laughs> uh, no, you you are just your your eyes are darting over, yeah. uh, across and, and you're not quite seeing anything. Okay. Um, I would like to kind of uh, sneakily pump information out of him about the interesting ores and, and minerals that are up here. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Because uh, I've got I've got quite a bit of knowledge about geology, so okay. I think Rip would very much like to know. Maybe some of this can be useful if you can't mine gold. Uh, yeah, so uh, what I want you to do is I want you to roll a uh, geology roll, and uh, we'll use this as kind of a comparative opposed roll to see if you can get more information out of them. Super dope. I got a 95. 95? Woof. That is one point away from a fumble, almost. Yep. Uh, so he he kind of gives you surface level, like... There's gold, there's iron, there's various, like, um, we found some tin, right? Like, like uh, very base level ores uh, in the mountain. It's also a lot of hard pack, like limestone and granite and these things that make up a lot of these mountains. And the permafrost has made things incredibly hard to mine. So uh, unless you've got some heavy machinery, it's going to be a bit hard for you to actually start digging away. But um, I do know that there are some old... Uh, machines you might be able to get up and working. Uh, and well, I obviously don't have any machines myself. And then I lean back, and I'm just going to like kind of loudly go, but if there was uh, perhaps an investor of some sort that would be interested in funding a small mining operation, that would be fantastic. I'm just going to give this to you. You hear this. <laughs> uh, Charity, you, you do hear uh, someone openly begging for money. Do <laughs> <laughs> I not get to roll a persuasion on You this? can roll a persuade if you'd like to make it less beg. <laughs> This is not gonna work. I got a ten and persuade. This is ninety-four. I'm moving up in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also hear this large burly man asking for investors. asking for investors in, in a mining operation. I would like to. I'll just like snap my notebook like this and make it quite obvious that I'm listening to him. Okay. Roll a spot hidden real quick to see if you notice the go- the cop. Oh, I do, as a matter of fact. Okay, yeah, you notice you notice this older man who is uh, jotting notes inside of a uh, notebook. He looks um, beat down, but he's older. He might have money, uh, but he closes his book and starts paying attention to you. Uh, look at him go, huh? Raise my eyebrows, give him a nod. I will stand up and approach this man. Oh, uh, hello. I'm Lenny. We call him Winky. I'm gonna look away from Lenny right now and just say, I'm still uh, trying very hard to enjoy my train journey to Radiance, as I'm sure you are. Yes. Kindly keep the noise down. Oh. <laughs> very sorry. I understand that foreign languages must be hard for you to hear loudly and regularly. <laughs> see? Um, <laughs> can I please see your identification? And you too? Can I please see a warrant? Yeah, sure. Pulls out like his, uh, he's got a little uh, flip book that he's got tucked in his uh, jacket pocket. And he just hands it to you. It's got like pictures of his family. It, you Like any information you could want off this guy. And he just friendly pictures I'll just like scatter down onto his lap until I get through to what You are a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look over at Gun and I'm going to be like, I was gonna give him the like, can you believe this shit eyes? Like a nod at the the French cop. I'm 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 a, a uh, doctor of geology. Uh, I am a specialist. Monsieur Winkler, organic mammals. Speaking to you, and so I would appreciate if you would be quiet. I just you came up to my table, and I assume that you would want to talk to us. I'm I'm sorry. Can can I have my wallet back now, please? 
I'll show him my identification. Oh, oh, officer, yes. Uh, you are a uh, detective, I see here, uh, and he, like, is looking at your... Um, what, what brings you to Radiance? I will repeat the question. I was whispering to you. <laughs> I, repeat, I repeat his question to you. What brings you to Radiance? <laughs> I just asked that. I assumed I was being loud enough you would have heard it already. Mm-hmm. So allow me to tell you again. I'm looking for some particular investment opportunities. Someone who needs an expert on mining rare minerals. <clears throat> I'm like looking around the, uh, the train car. Nothing. I would Hello? like for Gunther and Charity to roll a spot hidden real quick. 16, which is a... Hi. So there's regular success, hard success, and extreme. Extreme. Yeah, I'm below my one fifth number. Uh, wow, you got an extreme success. Uh, what was yours, Cherry? Uh, mine was fifty nine, which is a failure. Yes. Yes. Cool. Still not fifty six. Oh, fifty six. As the train's clocking along, and you notice the lights dim again, and this gets weird. And as you look outside, uh, Gunther, you uh, pass a sign on the on the side of the track. Something that most of the train goers would not have noticed because it just flies by. But with your trained eyes, you actually do see hanging off of this sign, which is cockeyed and bent and broken and, and like kind of crushed in. There is a dead uh, hair that has been skinned and flayed and nailed to this metal sign as it flies by. Um, you almost have to do a double check with yourself that you saw what you saw, that you saw this guts open, intestines poured out and like wrapped around the corners of this bent sign that says, welcome to the Radiance Valley, as it drives by. And there's a mile marker there, mile marker 37, which just drives by. Okay, do I have to roll another persuasion on that loud, obvious begging for money? Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, shit, 82 is not going to do it by a damn sight. 82 is not going to do it by a damn sight. Um, There's this guy hollering in the middle for money. You come from money. This is probably not going to be something that you respond to well, right? That being said, you're looking around the people in this room. You are clearly the wealthiest person on this train. <laughs> bar none. Like, bar none. Like, you see people wearing last year's fashions. And, and like... Last century's fashions for some of them. This is the Yukon, so... Yeah, right? But, like, this is still a dinner train of... Uh, oh, sorry, a dinner uh, car of a expensive Yukon adventure train. Like, this is a party train that people take to go on a tour of the Yukon. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are wealthy people here. Just none of them are responding to the the big, burly, bellowing man. Did you show me your ID yet? No. I, can't I asked for your warrant. I produced my your identification. That's not a warrant, bud. I'm not searching your property. I'm asking to see your identification. Which is in my property, so... No. <laughs> okay. Um, as the new local police detective, I am a man that you do not want to annoy, and you are already oh, you're, you're, making my dislike. You're, you're, you're going to be the new detective. What? We haven't had a, uh, a bona fide detective in Radiance in quite many years. So, Winkler, what do you do in Radiance? I, I am a, uh, I am a skilled and uh, 
a talented geologist. Geologist, just say geologist, you're a geologist. I am a geologist. I have a doctorate in geology. And what do you want with this man? Oh, uh, he is going to come with me to my mine to uh, look at some rocks. And what's your name? What's French for rocks? Rip. <laughs> Mr. Rip is going to come with me. Mr. Winkler, please, be quiet. Your voice is, uh... I got this wiki. Your voice is very annoying. I am already very annoying. If you I, 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 I can hear it. And what is going to be happening in this mine, Rip? Uh, I'm looking for some potential minerals that could be mined out if I can find some potential investors. <laughs> I would like to walk. I would like to walk up uh, to. <laughs> you the cannot. Like ignore him and <laughs> I, would, I would like the to wealthy just, may want to. <laughs> the wealthy Baroness just starts canning herself. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you are referring to this lady that you keep looking towards. Over there <laughs> um yes. Come with me, please. Yes. I would like to I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stand up and I just keep getting taller. And taller, and taller. I'm 5'4". I'm 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> you, you don't come up to my beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you are shorter than he is wide. <laughs> um, can I, I would like to approach okay. her with you, Ron. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it was a pleasure meeting. I'd like my wallet. Excuse me, I'm better. Do you know this man? No. You have never seen him before in your life? Never in my life. Uh, Moses T. Ripley. Charity Flanagan of the North Carolina Flanagans. How do you do? And, my friends and, call and me Rip. As, as you lay your hand delicately, he is going to shake it <laughs> with absolutely no regard to decorum or proper etiquette or anything. No, I don't have a bad appearance on this. It's no. just... Um, he seemed very keen for me. I, I'm just describing what you just physically did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because audio medium. Right. <laughs> he seemed very keen to make your acquaintance, and so I thought I would save myself some time and the... Uh, unfortunate enough of having to listen to his voice any longer and make this introduction. So now that we are friends, you can keep the noise down. I like you. What's your name? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'm assuming. I'm going to sit down. <laughs> you, you see Lenny, he's just sitting there. And him and uh, Gunn have started and, like, we've re-entered conversation. We're just talking about the local uh, uh, fauna around, right? Like, um, where the caribou roam. Right. I'll bring this back to you, sorry. Oh, thank you very much, Officer Noir. This is this expensive one week. <laughs> and he starts flipping through and goes, oh my goodness, I gotta send a letter up to Edmonton. Oh no. And he starts freaking out, like just, you, you've dropped a bomb on him that he is just going to obsess over for a little bit. Um, no, I'm gonna sit down. May I join you? You may. Alright, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna start chatting up charity um, about my personal history uh, as a miner. Um, I've got a lot of knowledge and I've got uh, a new in with the local geologist and we're going to be looking for... You look over to this scrawny like nerd of nerd white dudes and like hearing the mention of his names he just like leans over and waves <laughs> and then leans back. Okay, I'm going to start talking to charity about, uh, about the 
the potential ideas and investments. Now, um, can we do an opposing roll to see if I persuade them or not? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so what you would do is you would roll a persuade, and um, Charity, I would like for you to roll a psychology. Okay. With these dice. Five, six. Yeah. My, my dice are fantastic for Dungeons and Dragons, but I want to roll high. Got an eighty-eight. Ooh, to 83. Okay, so you you both failed this roll, so the, the conversation's really just circling. Nobody's listening to each other. They're just sitting there with Like, you're like, give me money, and you're like, I'm on this. No? Right. Right? Like, and it's just it's just circling with this, right? This is this is an amateur, poorly planned out pitch for, for an investment. Okay. But I do seem to kind of know what I'm talking about. I'm just not good at it. You're not, you're not, uh, putting its two words well. Your guys' conversation is, is circling. You've sat back down, and as you sit back down, you notice the one of the car doors near the front open up, and the same kind of uniformed attendant kind of looks in and whispers something to the other guy and moves out, and then... Um, Do I hear what he whispers? The door closes. You can roll it if you'd like. Um, it might be important, then. This game goes. Oh! No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a switch to look at a high roll on the perception and, or on the percentile dice. Yeah, right. I rolled 80s and 90s, man. It yeah, I killed me. I yeah. 85. So. 15 and 16, and I'm loving it. Or <laughs> <laughs> like completely useless things. Yeah. Uh, the, the tenant, uh, 15 minutes until we. Uh, come to the yard and, and, and arrive at Radiance, uh, I would recommend everyone head back to their seats and uh, um, get ready to disembark. Okay, I'll close my notebook and light up a cigarette. Okay. Uh, Lenny stands up and uh, looks at you and goes, so uh, I will meet you on the other side. Uh, there is a local tavern. It, it's called the Wolf's Drop Inn. My guess is we could make our way out in uh, the morning. I just have to go meet up with a friend of mine first and then we'll we'll get to it. Uh, that's acceptable. Okay. I'm going to get off. Like I said, thank you for listening. I'm going to head back to my chair. And I pick up my duffel bag and I'm going to walk right back over and sit down across from you again. <laughs> um, what would you like to do? You guys are in the dining car and they've asked you all to go back to your normal seats. I'm going to get up and say, nice to meet you. And I'm going to just head back to my seat. Okay. Because Can I roll to see how close my seat is or her seat? <laughs> roll a luck. Roll a luck? All right, I'm digging it. Hold on, how lucky am I? And I want below luck? Uh, yes, you want below luck. <laughs> Fucking 88. I swear to God, it's the third one. Good year, though. No. No. No, my yeah, life. you are in a completely different car. Uh, in fact, you are in what could be coined first class. There's like six seats in this car, and each one has an active attendant. You are one of three people in this car. There's one older uh, woman. She looks put together to the nines. Everything is expertly coiffed. The uh, man across from her is equally well put together. He's got a nice little pencil mustache, and they're both talking in very, like, elevated voices. Like, <laughs> and they're talking back and forth. Like, upper New York kind of level voices. There is one, uh, another young woman who's uh, sitting in the far corner, and she's just minding her own business. She's kind of looking out the window, daydreaming, as the terrain passes by. This isn't like bare tundra. What time of day is it? Uh, it is uh, about noon. You guys are coming in midday. You guys are looking out the window and you're seeing old 
broken down homes passing. Uh, there's uh, old scattered woods and rocky outcroppings pretty much everywhere as you're going. Like, this isn't like flat and bare and open. There's quite a lot of terrain kind of blocking uh, site. And you're going through and you actually, all of you see as you're, as you're kind of pulling up near the town, um, you see a man with a, all of you kind of, you all glance this out the window, everyone's just going to see this. Uh, you see a man with a large sheepskin parka and like over the hood, clearly an Inuit gentleman. And, and this would probably excite you because now you finally actually get to use all this education you have in Inuit culture. Um, and he's just standing there and he's got a um, large spear in his hand and he's just staring at this train as it drives by. Finally, like as the last car passes where he stands, he turns and starts to walk into the tundra somewhere. You don't quite see where he goes to. And then the train starts to slow. There's a large whistle that you all hear and the train comes to a stop. And again, the lights fluctuate, the train shakes and you guys are in radius. It's midday. Uh, you hear the heavy sounds of doors opening, and the conductor yells uh, at the top of his lungs that you have arrived in Radiance. Disembark now. We'll be here for a couple days before we leave again. Uh, I'd like to go over and uh, track down Martin over here. Yeah. And uh, swalk up and say, uh, Bonjour, monster. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't help but notice you giving the, uh, the minor guy there a hard time. And um, I just kind of wanted to maybe offer my services here. It's a small town. They seem kind of riffraffy. Uh, they wanted uh, to go up and inspect a mine, and I mean, I'm an outdoorsman. I, I like being outdoors. I enjoy nature, and I mean, mines don't necessarily, um, you know, or, or they're not conducive to you know, taking care of nature. I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on these guys, so I thought maybe I could be of assistance if you need it. Uh, what is your name? We'll see. Gunther. Gunther, what are you doing in Radiance? Oh, I'm a hunter. I'm here for some of the local fauna. Uh, I'm interested in caribou. Why would you like to help me? Well, I just figured that there's some riffraff around. It's a small town. If you're the only lawman around, you might need an ally. You would know you're not going to be the only lawman around. In fact, you have been told to report to Mr. Brad Sullivan, okay. um, who is the local sheriff. Okay. Uh, Gunther, where can I uh, find you if I feel that I need to find you? Uh, I'll be staying at the Wolf Jaws Inn this evening. Uh, if you'd like to come on by, I can buy you a drink, a Chardonnay. I see that you uh, enjoyed on the train, maybe one of those. Gunther, you smell like the outside, and I do not like to be outside. But if I need you, I will find you. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for your time. And day at the end. Okay. Um, are you going to be the first to... Who's the first to walk off the train? Oh, that would be me. Okay. Uh, you walk off, and uh, you walk onto this large uh, wood palisade. Okay. And you note the sun is out, but it's an overcast day. Like, it's it's dark. It's kind of... It, it's still quite chilly. And the first thing you realize is just how cold it is up here. You've worked in harder... Uh, environments 
before, you never really worked in a place where the main hurdle is going to be the frigid cold. So I'm wearing a flight jacket yeah. okay, um, from the Air Force, and I, I got to pull it tight and zip it up. I also brought a big Russian-looking fur hat and put it down, because this is what you wear in the winter. Yeah. And I got work gloves on. There's like leather work gloves, no fur padding or anything. But uh, And I got to tuck my hands into my arm, it's just got to... And a big breath of uh, steam comes out of your mouth, like the, the fog. Excuse me. And... Uh, you look around. There is a large building to the side. It's white. Uh, it's painted white. Um, and on a wooden sign is Welcome to Radiance, Population 297. Uh, um, and you look off to the side and you see uh, three large men. One of them would stand eye to eye with you. Uh, but they're a bit older. They are in their... Uh, one, uh, one of them's clearly in their late 40s. Uh, the other ones are more late 20s, early 30s, but they're standing there, and uh, the one older gentleman is yelling at uh, the conductor. And the conductor's yelling back. Uh, do me a favor, roll a listen. Oh. Right, I'll do my best. Hey, it actually worked. Uh, I got a 33 out of 65. Okay. Um, you're actually pretty good at listening. <laughs> you think so. Yeah, you think so. Uh, the, they are basically arguing. Uh, the, the conductor's uh, demanding that more people show up. That if, if it's just the three of you, we will never be able to offload uh, before nightfall. We need to get all of these supplies out. I'm going to walk right up and I'm going to say, uh, how much to unload? Uh, the large man... Uh, turns to you and goes, pay uh, two quarters for the day. 50 cents to unload. That's good wage up here. A man like you, you can probably make short work of it too. A man like me is worth two men. Uh, roll a... Uh, roll a persuade. Fuck, I'm just not good with this. Uh, that's cocked. Something six. Six! God damn. That, that, is, that beats it. No, no, it's, a two is an extreme, though. So I have ten in Persuade, so. Uh, oh, so you literally rolled a six. I literally rolled a six. Uh, is that a hard success or just a normal success? it's okay. just a success. Cool. Um. <laughs> Woof. Uh. Do me a favor, mark a mark as you have successfully um, argued this time. He's like, okay, fine. Uh, we will we'll dig through the coffee, get a, get a dollar for the day. Um, yes. I mean, it's only it's only like four hours of work, but sure. Um, we got to get this done by nightfall, which is fairly early. All right. Uh, by, by 4 p.m. Okay, I'm going to wander over to the first class car, and do they have like... Like baggage areas um, or whatnot. Really quick, as you walk by, um, you notice that he, uh, this large uh, older man, um, who's got a name tag that just says uh, Weaver on it. Okay. Um, he he goes back to his discussions. Uh, the other two men that are with him, who are younger, they're both strong, but they both look remarkably similar. Um, 
they, they're probably brothers. In fact, you look, both of them have name tags that say Armstrong on, on their uh, things. And one of them is just looking beat. He looks exhausted. Like, maybe he's a bit hungover. He's been out all night, whatever. Um, big, uh, unkempt beard. The other one, close uh, shave, clean, everything else. Uh, and as you walk by, he's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, uh, and he's six foot one. Um, so he's tall. But not he's tall. Big. He's not as big as you, but he's he's tall. He kind of taps on his shoulder and goes, "Thanks. They got tools and stuff in there, man. Like it's gonna it's gonna take a while." What kind of tools are they going to? Uh, I'm just the guy that offloads. Right. Uh, you'll have to talk to Stu. He's the boss. Oh, he's the big guy. Yeah, the big guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good to see you. Welcome to Radiance. Little Stu, okay. And, and he he like unblinkingly looks at you. Welcome to Radiance. It's really good to have you here. Thanks, Rip. Uh, oh, uh, my my name's uh, Jeremiah. My friends call me Jerry. Okay. All right. Uh, and I'm gonna head over to the first class. I was gonna I was gonna help unload stuff here first. What are you doing, Charity? Mm, I guess I'm getting my things together and I'm standing up and probably making my way. Okay. Uh, there is a separate luggage car for first class people. Like, there's not just because they wanted the general decor to look better. There isn't, like, a lot of storage space in the first class car. Okay. So, you walk out and there's actually an attendant there who is uh, kind of looking at tickets and getting stuff out. Uh-huh. Uh, and he sees you and immediately recognizes you and uh, goes, Oh, uh, Miss Miss Flanagan. Yes, um, one second, and he yells out in the back and goes, uh, "Miss Flanagan's uh, attire, please, please, Miss Flanagan's." And he snaps his fingers, and uh, this shorter uh, but very stocky, vaguely Italian man is, is pulling stuff out, and he he drops your uh, what is it, four suitcases that you've brought on this two day layover? Mm-hmm. Three suitcases full of my clothes and stuff, and I have one suitcase that's just full of money, full of cash. Oh, okay. No one knows it's full of cash. Okay. Okay. They just have so it's three suitcases and one more, or two and one. Sorry. Uh, it's three filled with clothes and one. Okay. So so these four large suitcases, yeah. and they get pulled out, and uh, you're looking at this, and uh, the attendant turns and looks at you and goes, "Here's your stuff." And this tower is bigger than you, and you know that it is. Um, And that's when you hear the heavy thunks of footprints behind you. And as you turn... (laughs) Need help? Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going? I'm going to, like, reach over and pick it all up with one arm. (laughs) (laughs) You're strong. You're not that strong. I'm pretty freaking strong. Yes. Uh, Roll a strength check, actually, if if you would care. For fuck's sakes, my god. I'm gonna push this roll. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, to push, you can re-roll again, but you have to get a higher level of success to succeed. Which is... Uh, oh, it's, it's your call? It, well, it's a hard success. Okay. You, have to, you have to gain a hard success to push. What happens if you don't? Uh, uh, how many times? Bad stuff happens. Nine. You get an extreme success? Uh, that is an extreme success. Cool. Yeah, you uh, go over and you're like, your first attempt, you're kind of loses balance a bit and the, the tower starts shaking and you stop. And then you grab it with both hands and you lift it up like nothing. You actually, uh, Adam, because this is a extreme success for you, what I will say is you pick it up and uh, in that initial kind of discomfort of it, the bottom suitcase opens and then closes. 
Like it just unlatches and then latches real quick, just in its discomfort. And you see inside a chest full of money. It is just American dollar bills and nothing else. I'm just gonna lift it up with one hand and I'm gonna fight. Yeah. Um, do me a favor, Charity. Roll a st- uh, spot hidden to see if you catch, or sorry, a psychology to see if you catch him seeing that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, you super do. <laughs> Seventeen. Uh, that is that a hard success? It's a hard success. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It is. It is just a. It is. Oh, sorry. It's a hard, not an extreme. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you see that he has, you saw the bottom of your money chest open, and then it closed again, and then he looks back at you, and you know. That's an extreme success. Is it? Yeah, hers is 18, she 17. Okay, yeah, cool. Then, uh, you see very up. specifically that he has, uh, noticed, and mark it off, yeah, that, uh, he has noticed your, um, pile of money. And this is the man who has been spending the past four hours on a train trying to get money off of you. Okay. Okay. Martin, what uh, would you like to do? I would be. What's the name of the gentleman I'm looking for again? Uh, you're looking for uh, Sergeant Brad Sullivan. Okay. Well then. And as I exit the train, do I see I, I see workers? Yeah, there, there's there's three guys offloading. People are coming off of the train and bringing their luggage, and uh, there uh, there doesn't seem to be any like tour guide or anything like any any tourist like welcome to Radiance tour guide. People are just kind of expected to make their own way. Um, so people are being offloaded, uh, and the attendants for the train are offloading people. Like, okay, grab grab your stuff and make I'll your way off. The, I'll just grab the nearest one. Excuse me. Uh, yes, sir. Could you uh, point me to the, uh, the the police house? How you say? Uh, the police station. He nods and says that the courthouse, which stores the police, is ever. It's just across the uh, main street. Which you would note that you are bordering King George Boulevard, and then to a left is Main Street, and you are right next to. The oh, there are only two streets in this entire big town. There are five. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, King George Boulevard, which is the only street that cuts straight east to west. Um, there are two north-south streets, which are Main and Church Street. Uh, it's called Church Street because that's where the church is. Okay. Um, and then there is a diagonally crossing street that's called Broadway. It's the longest street in the town. Um, that is where a lot of your residences and warehouses and stuff are based off of. And there's Mill Lane, which is a little street that uh, connects Broadway to uh, Church Street that has warehouses and stuff to it. It's just another access street. Do I know where I'm staying? Uh, there is only one location uh in town that you you probably don't know where you're staying. You've been told to directly report to Brad Sullivan as soon as you land. And then, okay, so I will grab my effects and then I'll I'll start to make my way towards uh, okay. the police station. Cool. Gunther's gonna head to the inn. Okay. Yeah. Um, as you head to the inn, you see uh, Lenny and he is uh, standing off to the side. 
Uh, and he is offloading 11 dogs in kennels. And then they pull out a large dog sled and they put it there. And he's kind of directing these people with all this stuff. And then he's, uh, you note that there's a large um, section on the dog sled. You know how there's usually that front section where they would sleep and whatnot uh, during longer trails. That section is actually quite wide and long and they're loading boxes onto that section and then covering it in a tarp. It looks like he's getting ready to do a quick little jaunt out himself and then he'll probably come back. Okay. So we're still going to head to the end. Okay. What are your all, what's the scores? 65. 65. 60. Oh, 70. Alright. Um, we will do you two first. Um, you walk into town and the one thing you note is everybody is exceedingly friendly as you're coming in. They are um, you know, I've heard about Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, you're American, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's pronounced Surrey. <laughs> King George Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you two walk uh, into town, and people are exceedingly helpful, and, and they're they're pleased to see you. Um, a couple of people stop and welcome you, um, but they go on their own way. Like everything's kind of this surface level conversation as you go. Um, what are you guys up to? Where are you heading? You're going to the uh, where to, ma'am? Um, to the inn. Yeah, the Wolfjaw Inn. Are you gonna, I'm gonna look at the luggage. Is that your name on the luggage? Of course. Uh, Miss, 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 Mrs. Ms. 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 Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Lead the way. <laughs> you turn uh, and and lead the way to this uh, uh, inn, which is directly next door. It is not far. Like you're walking down the street for maybe a minute. There'd be other people with bags and stuff. There's lots of people kind of flooding in that direction. It's still cripplingly cold out, right? Um, and oddly enough, you're actually. Uh, you are looking at the people who actually live here, the people who call this place home, and a lot of them aren't as bundled as you guys are. And you actually look up and you see this uh, tall man, and he's walking um, out of the bar, shaking his head, and he's making his way up uh, Main Street, and he is wearing just a normal button-up shirt. It is freezing cold right now. This guy's just wearing a button-up shirt, and he's making his way up north. He doesn't seem faced, but he is six foot six. He is broad-shouldered. He's got this large, um, red, bushy beard. It is not me. And it's not you. Okay. It's another guy your size, but the one thing you will note about this guy is he's wearing a uh, dark navy uh, shirt, and you see a uh, badge on his chest. This is clearly some sort of law <laughs> lawman of some sort, and he's making his way north on Maine. Okay. Um, you guys walk into the Wolf's Drop Inn, and uh, a um, mid-50s older woman uh, uh, wearing a self-made apron, and her hair is up in a bun. It's, it's this salt and pepper, more salt than pepper hair. Uh, and uh, she's maybe five foot two and portly and, and, and a very motherly feeling. And she walks up and goes, oh, hi dears, are you two together? I could get uh, a, a room with one bed or two? 
No, we are not together. Oh, my, my, my apologies. I just, you two look so cute together. Yeah, I, I, I can laugh. Then Flash will look like, ah. <laughs> no, I stress the point that we are not together. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, my, my apologies, Miss. Um, are would you be looking for a room while the while the train is in station? Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, well. Uh, we offer our rooms uh, for the higher end, as I assume you would want. They go for about a uh, dollar fifty a night. Okay, that works. Okay, um, and for you, sir, since you're not together, um, we offer a common room that is twenty-five cents a night. Yeah, uh, that'll that'll do just fine. Thanks. Okay, uh, I'll be back down to sort that out after I carry Ms. Flanagan's luggage up. Oh, Ms. Flanagan. Very nice to meet you. And she sticks her hand out. Uh, my, my name is uh, Naomi uh, Harmon. I, I own the Wolfstraw Inn with my family. Nice to meet you, Naomi. Do you have anybody that can help me? Oh, yes. I I, I, I certainly can. I'll, I'll go get uh, my... Uh, it's unnecessary. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looks up at him and then looks at you and... Do, do you want? I can go get my son-in-law. Yeah, please. Okay. Please. Oh! And she just starts screaming and storms out. And uh, you hear uh, this voice. What? No! The, the guy's a giant. He'll do it. I'll do it. Do I have? Wealthy, you say? And then coming around the corner is this late thirties. Very prim and proper man, and he's wearing a black apron that he's taken off and has folded up, and he's very delicate with it and tucks it into his pocket. And he walks uh, up to you, and you've noticed this kind of change in his voice. He's trying to speak in a lower register, um, just with your intuitive nature on people, you would understand. He's just trying to impress you, uh, and he comes by and goes, "Milady, my name's Earl." It is a pleasure to meet you. Um, I can take your bags from this brute, if you would like. We call the brute. <laughs> um, the brute. The giant of a man. The bear in man's clothing. You. The bags, please. And by the way, this guy's like five foot eight. And and uh, he's not... Like, he's, he's well put together. Like, he's not real thin or whatnot. But he is... Definitely not six foot six and three hundred something pounds. <laughs> Two hundred something. Come on now. <laughs> but um, the lady would like for you to dispense uh, her her bags, sir. I'm going to take the entire stack of bags and put it in his arms and press it down on the top of him just a little bit. Okay, roll up. We're gonna roll an opposed <laughs> strength check here. Do I get advantage? Uh, yeah, actually you do. Thank fuck. So, uh, no, no, no. Uh, advantage is you roll... Uh, so, it, the way advantage works is you roll two of the... Uh, percentiles. The percentiles, the, the double digit, and you take the lowest. 24. 24? Okay. He collapses under the weight of these things. Are you sure you want him? We I got want, it! I got we it! We wouldn't want any bags popping open now. Well, I don't take kindly to rude people, so I guess you're the guy that can take my stuff up. But then you have to leave. Understood. 
Okay. Uh, Earl is going to stand up, dust himself off. He's going to be shooting daggers at Rip. Just be like, great big shooting Rip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's... If you need anything, madame, I will be more than able to help out with anything you have. Obviously. And then he turns and walks away, practically sauntering, and his head is upturned, right? Like, he is just trying to maintain as much dignity as he can here. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring your bags yeah. up? All that. Um, just for clarity's sake, I'm just going to come back down and go right back out and do the labor. So, yeah, yeah um, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, you I'm, you I'm go and you find Stu and them, and he's like, where the fuck have you been? There's a lady. You know how it is. But I'm here now. I need your help. I'm paying you this dollar. I expect you to help. Absolutely. Well, get to it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then you get to it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mark 10. Yeah. Uh, you are walking up to the police station, okay. which doubles as a courthouse and a jail. And you open the front door. There's a little bell that dings as you walk in. And you see an older woman kind of sitting at one of the desks. And she looks up. Oh, uh, hi, can I can I help you, dear? Bonjour, madame. Je suis uh, Detective Martin Claude Noir. Oh, français? Uh, bien. Um, and then in French, because that is the extent of my French. Sure. Uh, she is going to communicate with you fluently. Mm. What would you like to say to her? Uh, I'll say, um, where can I find Sergeant Sullivan? Um, she uh, kind of chuckles and says, uh, Brad just came in from a bit of a bender. Um, he is sleeping it off right now upstairs. Uh, my my name is uh, Sadie Booker. I'm one of the deputies. I could help you out. What what do you need? Yeah, I'm I'm the new detective. The, the, oh, the, you're the new detective from Montreal. Is currently drunk on shift. Uh, he's not on shift. He's just um, doing his thing. And do me a favor, roll psychology. I got 64. Oh, 64 is that? I can success? see them. It's the gold ones. There, these two. No, it was a failure. It was a failure? Uh, yeah, you believe it. was a problem. She, um, yeah, uh, he's not on shift right now. We're actually taking it over. He usually runs the night shift. Okay, where am I supposed to be staying? I don't know. Uh, we do have a bunk for, like, for the deputies and everything else. You could probably stay with us. No, uh, I, could, I could arrange a room. No, it's same possible. Um, is there petty cash? Pardon? Is there petty cash? Do you have a small amount of cash on the premises? Yes. Okay, I will need some. You want to see some? I will need some. Five dollars. Give me five dollars. <laughs> uh, she knocks the back. What? What? It's kind of peculiar to have the new hire come in and immediately demand money. What, what do you need? I'm a detective, okay? And I need to stay at the inn because my sergeant is not here and I need somewhere to stay. We have lodging for our deputies and, and for you. There's extra rooms. We're, we're actually kind of short-manned right now. Uh, we lost four deputies to the flu. Not lost. Well, sorry. Sorry. Not lost. Um, <laughs> turn of phrase. They're in Edmonton uh, getting uh, better right now. We we, we pulled them away. Uh, Please stop. We're just short stop staff talking. right now. And I can give you one of their rooms for the next little bit. I mean, they're probably gone a couple months. You can uh, just stay there. I could leave you there right now if you want. By the way, she is uh, like 52. She's your age level entirely. Madame, you are the second person in 10 minutes to infuriate me. Please stop. <laughs> Give me the key and point me in the right direction. I, I'll have to show you. And, and she grabs a, a pile of keys. You'll get lost otherwise. And just come with me, come with me. And and, and she seeks to lead you. Uh, she actually swings by. Uh, there's a bullpen. It's like 
just beyond her where there's like six or seven desks and a lot of them are empty and he goes and she goes go ahead and pick one that, that could be your desk is there one by the window uh yeah there's one by the window i'll go for the one by the window okay you go and sit on the one by the window uh or rather you note that one would you like to search yeah i would like to search while she stands there with a ring of keys yeah uh what's her name again uh sadie booker uh madame booker Take a seat. I will be a moment. Okay. Um, if, if you need me, I'll just be at the front desk. I want to. Uh, I want to take a good look around the room and then look in the. Roll a spot hidden. Probably not good at ninety six, is it? That is actually a critical fumble. Um, you, the front drawer of this desk gets stuck, and you start yanking on it to try to get it open. I'll shoot it. Um, no, <laughs> you're actually going to pull it out, and then with a uh, crack of furniture, you pull it out, and you use a little bit too much of your strength, and as you go, you hit the window, and a large crack appears on the window next to you. I will yell and, out. And Sadie Booker turns slowly towards you and goes, really? I will call out Fury Madame, this desk is broken. I have already offended twice. Kindly <laughs> get me to a serviceable desk. Uh, pick one of the other six. I'll go to the one next Just to that one. Just keep it away from a window. I'll go to the one next to that one. That's okay. close to the window. Okay. Uh, you hear heavy boot falls coming down the stairs after you've done this. Um, and the door to the bullpen crashes open. And you see this monstrous man. Huge. He is six foot six. He's, he's uh, pure muscle. His arms are massive. Think like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, just a ginger and in the tundra. Right? Like he just, uh, Jason Momoa in uh, Frontier. That's the kind of like right. shape of a dude. Just big ginger like ears. Tormund. And, and <laughs> he, comes, <laughs> he comes down and he goes, what? In the fuck was that? I'm who the fuck, bro? Who the fuck are you? Bonjour. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and he turns to Sadie. He goes, "Is this the Frenchie?" And she kind of nods. Did he do that to my window? She nods. And he turns. He goes, "Motherfucker, we're gonna have a bad day. We're gonna. This is not going well for you. Come here in my office now." And he slams open the door to a glass office, like a, like an office, like big glass door. Sure, I'll go in. Okay, calmly. I like this guy already. I light up a cigarette. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no! Not my building. You might burn it the fuck down. Put it out. Or I might set your breast on fire. He reaches forward, grabs the smoke from your uh, from your mouth, and just crutches it and destroys it in his hand. In the office. Do they know at Edmonton that you're drunk on shift? He slams the door. I'm not on shift. Oh, I'm off shift. Well, I'll talk you to just woke me the fuck up. Well, I'll talk to you we are now going to have issues because, my friend, you may be a detective, big hoity-toity man from the city, but here in Radiance, you do things my way and my way only. You're going to follow me around like a puppy on a leash until I deem that you are worthy to speak. Are we clear? <laughs> Your person is terrible, but yes. Oh, and he reeks of booze. This man is clearly drunk. It may be better if we have this conversation in the morning. No, no, we're having it now. You broke my fucking window. You broke my fucking desk. That's coming out of your pay, by the way. You're not getting your 
It's the fucking stipend or whatever Montreal promised you. You're not getting that until I deem it, all right? In fact, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna drink some more of it right now because of the headache you just gave me. Now get upstairs, get to your room, and we will talk about this in the morning. And he storms out of his office. Okay. You just get sent to your room? <laughs> I'm getting that money. <laughs> go, the letter's just gonna go uh, like this. You're a drunk police sergeant, which I will apply for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's threatening me. Uh, he walks straight up to Sadie and is just spittle flying in her face, screaming at her. He gets no money, he doesn't get a gun, he gets no ammo, he doesn't get a badge, he doesn't get anything. I give him a key to his room and I will talk to him when I'm done and good and damn ready. And like the spit is just flying in her face. And then with that, he turns and goes, fucking frogs, and runs up the, and like walks up the stairs, stomping the entire way. I already have a gun. <laughs> I don't know. This <laughs> is, uh, what would you like to do? Other than stand in the uh, office, wiping your face. By the way, his office is like wall-to-wall mounted animals. There is skin, everything you could think of from the north. There is a stuffed rabbit on his desk. There are uh, caribou heads, elk heads. There's a standing bear. Uh, On the ground is actually a uh, um, lion skin rug with the large head that is sticking up in front of this small uh, wood stove fireplace um, that just has embers in it that's keeping the room a little warmer. Um, I, I want to snoop around at his desk if he's not there. Do me a favor, roll a stealth. Stealth? Ooh, it's going good. Ooh, no, it's bad. Uh, well, I failed that. You failed? Yeah. Oh, that, no. That's okay, because I, I uh, Sadie Booker botched. Uh, <laughs> So she is focused on her desk and you see that she's kind of trying to psych herself up and in this moment you turn to look around the room. Mm. There is um, large animal heads everywhere. There's guns all over the wall mounted. There's a couple that are framed like a large elephant rifle and and various other things around the room. And you go to inspect the large elephant rifle um, and you see that it's kind of cockeyed on the wall. Um, And as you go to move it, the glass door to the case opens up freely and kind of slams down and makes this loud banging noise. And you turn to look outside of the office with its, you know, kind of a semi-broken door as he slammed it in rage. And you see that Sadie Booker has not paid attention to you. She's still focusing on her desk. She's writing out some paperwork. It looks like she's filling out like an expense report or something. Yeah, so this, this... Gun is exposed to you here. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll, I'll poke. I'll take. I'll investigate that gun. See if there's any significance. There's any inscriptions on it or anything. Okay. Uh, roll a spot hidden. Oh no! I got it. Yeah, twenty-eight. Yeah. Looking for forty. So. Um, oh shit! Yeah. There is a large inscription on it that is actually. Uh, Sergeant Raymond Sullivan uh, written along the side of this barrel and you you are looking at it and you feel the barrel and it's warm. You'll note that the barrel itself is warm. Warm as though it's been recently fired? As though it's been recently fired. As you kind of 
pull your hand away from the gun, you hear someone clear their uh, throat, and you turn and you see Sadie Booker mm-hmm. standing there. She goes, uh, the keys to your room. We should get you up there before the sergeant sees you snooping in his office. Oh, I was uh, putting the, the weapon back. It fell when he slammed the door. Uh, uh, roll a fast talk for me, please. Oh, I'm very good at that, so I'm not afraid. Oh, 26. Oh, yeah, but that happens a lot. It's a lot of the mountings aren't that great here. That's fine. Just, just, we should get upstairs before he sees you. In Does Sergeant Sullivan like to fire this weapon? Uh, he likes to fire all of them. Inside? Um, no. Has just he... uh, outside, inside, he just fires them. Has he fired one in the past 30 minutes? Uh, I mean, he was out before he went and grabbed a couple drinks, but... Was this rifle? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He takes the weapons as he goes. He's got a few. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll leave it there. And I'll... She, she's going to show me to my room? Yeah, she takes you up to... And it's a very bare bones room. Like, there's a um, small wooden dresser and a plain bed with plain wool sheets and a plain feather pillow. Is it plain? Very plain. Okay. Madame, where, where is the inn? I would like a drink. You passed it walking here. Okay, so the wolf's jaw in. Oh, there's only one? Yes. Christ. <laughs> I don't know who you pissed off in Montreal to get this detail, but welcome, welcome to Radiance. I'll take my key and I'll head to the inn. Cool. Gunther. Gunther just wanders into the inn, sits down, uh, waves over the waitress. Waitress. Uh, there is a waiter who looks. He's well put together. He's about five foot eight, blonde hair, putting on this apron. Uh, you saw him briefly <clears throat> talking with Ms. Flanagan, who you don't know, and Rip, who you know. And they have since gone up the stairs. Um, but he is putting his apron back on. Um, I want you to do me a favor. As a big game hunter, I need you to roll a uh, spot, uh, a listening check, please. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, you wave Earl over. Uh, it's the only guy there, and he goes, "Another big fucker." What? Whiskey. Me. You guys got rooms? We got plenty. I'll send. I'll send my aunt over to talk to you. And he puffs and walks away. And you see him walk up to the bar, and uh, he is talking with this early thirties um, uh, woman who has, again, the blonde hair, um, very, very good looking. And she starts making the drink. Um, as she does that, this older five foot two brown, more salts than pepper, uh, peppered hair, uh, lady comes up to you and goes, another room. We're getting quite full quite quickly. So, uh, yes, please. I, uh, how long are you staying for? Are you, are you going to be with the train when it leaves again? Or are you going to stay for a while? Uh, I'll be staying for a while. I, uh, I'm here with a friend of mine. His name is Lenny. Lenny. Winkler. Doctor. Oh, oh. With the outpost or Doctor, research outpost. Dr. Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. We know him. Yeah, make sure you put everything on his tab. Oh, for sure. Uh, he he doesn't quite have a tab. He's doesn't really come in here, but we'll charge it to the uh, 
to the outpost for sure. The, the, the McGregor Foundation has been really, really generous uh, in the recent years here, so we'll just we'll just throw it on there. Uh, can you prove that you are working with him? Not currently, but I'm sure he'll show up afterwards. He's just just knowing his name is good enough for me. We'll be fine. Uh, what do you need as a room? Are you looking for something fancy? Bare something? bones. Bare bones. We do offer common room for, for uh, 25 cents. Um, but And she kind of looks at you and your bags and sees several rifle bags and whatnot. She goes, you might want somewhere a little bit more private just in case. Just in she, case she, what? The common room is common. It is basically a large bunk room with just cots. It's one room. There aren't a lot of separation. There's not a lot of privacy in this room, but it's the cheapest room. And she tells you that it's a lot of the miners, if they come to town, are going to be here. A lot of warehouse workers, if they overdrink on the night, will stay here because um, they don't want to get lost in the wilderness on the way home. Cheapest private room, please. Okay, uh, 50 cents a night. It's acceptable and you'll pay, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what can you tell me about this uh, McGregor research company? Um, they are, uh, they're both new and old to the area. They used to be the McGregor Mining Company. Um, and they are the ones who built the town around you, really. About 35, 40 years ago, they came in and they built the buildings around and they ran the mine uh, during the last gold rush. They had some stake in the land here up north near the, where the outpost is. And uh, they say the gold ran dry about 37 years ago. They left town and have kind of abandoned us all. Uh, we've been a main stop off and resupply for the train but that's that's about it like they drop off we give them some stuff but uh, about two or three years ago they came back to town as this uh, scientific foundation and reopened the outpost and reopened the mine interesting they hired on a couple geologists and, and that's that's where Lenny came in and um, his boss Dietrich and uh, uh, Ryan McKinney uh, another one of the Lovely geologist there. Excellent, thank you. Uh, do you have any soup one that I could have? Oh, we'll we'll, we'll get some uh, something going. Uh, my significant other is cooking back there, and she turns and goes, "Ernest, <laughs> get some stew." <laughs> and you hear from the back room, "Shut your yap, woman! I'm working on it." <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Excellent, that'll be all, thank you. Okay. Um, and she... At this point, I'll be stopping down the yeah, stairs. Yeah, you now come down the stairs. You are also walking into the bar as you see a large six-foot-six man storming down the stairs. Another one? And you have a moment of fears. You realize, no, no, it's not Sullivan, it's Rip. Ah, bonjour, monsieur Rip. Yeah, detective! I slapped you on the shoulder, boy, but mm -hmm. I ripped my head the door. It is uh, illegal to strike a police officer. So. He walks out the door and is gone, like not even registering. He's going off to work. Your shoulder aches. Okay. <laughs> I have arrived in the tavern, Dan. Monster! Please come. I'll buy you a drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Reluctantly walk up to the big game. Walk. Okay. Hello. Uh, <laughs> you walk up, he sits down across from me. Bonjour. Chardonnay? Uh, what are you having? Whiskey. Always whiskey. Oh, wait. Uh, 
I'll see. Uh, what, whatever he is having. Um, having the the blonde haired, uh, well put together, kind of looks a lot like Terry. She's six foot um, six, by any chance? <laughs> no, 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 no. Er, uh, Earl, the the waiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes over with two whiskeys and drops them down in front of you. Yeah. Uh, and he looks you over and goes, "Anything else? Just do." It's stew, yeah, and uh, stew, what? Okay, uh, and he turns and walks away, leaving you guys. Um, Cherry, mm-hmm. what would you like to do? Um, I would like to come downstairs and sit okay. at the bar as well. Okay, uh, do you want to sit directly at the bar, or you see these two familiar <laughs> men sitting together? Mm-hmm. I'll still sit at the bar, maybe like about three seats away. Maybe about three seats away? Yeah. Okay. Um, you sit down, and uh, this uh, young woman comes over. Uh, she walks over. She's behind the bar, and, she, and she's got a little name tag on. It says Leona. Hey, darling, what can I get you? Um, whiskey. Whiskey? We, we, we got rye. We got whiskey. We got bourbon. What, what, what'll, uh, what'll sit your thirst? Oh, bourbon. Bourbon? Bourbon. Very fantastic. And you notice she does have a bit of a twang to her voice. Um, and she goes over and she pulls double of bourbon neat. And double neat? Okay. And, uh, pass it on to you and goes, uh, so what brings you to Radiance? Oh, I wanted to get out of the states for a while and I'm looking to invest in some land. From outside of here, invest! I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, she, she laughs and goes, well, honey, there's there's lots of land around here that you can invest in. Um, it's the Yukon. Right? It's the Yukon. Uh, and she goes, uh, there's a large swath of land over by um, Wolf Draw Lake that is is open for use. Uh, and uh, she kind of points at a map, and you see the map that is now in front of you, which will be made available online um, of Wolf Draw Lake. Uh, during some months of the year, it's good farming, uh, but I mean the the permafrost limits what you can grow. Um, it's mostly minerals and stuff, so if you're buying land, it's to mine it, if anything. Um, but that entire area was stripped clean during the gold rush. Um, oh, there might be something more up near Anapuk Pass, but that's that's it. And she says Anapuk Pass, and I would like for you to roll a language Inuit, please. Ninety-four. That's not gonna do it. No. No. Um, the word anapuk is a word you know, but mm. for the life of you, it's not coming. Like it's on the tip of your tongue. You know it's English, right? Right. And uh, she says maybe up near Anapuk Pass, there's there's more land north there. Um, a little bit more fertile land for you to farm on up up north there. Uh, that because it's surrounded by mountains tends to be in the, the worst of the winter doesn't hit it. It's actually one of the only, the reason why it's called Animal Pass is the only pass through that mountain range that you see there. Okay? Okay. Um, and that's about it. If you go too far south, you're hitting Fort London and the military get a bit iffy about who buys land next to them, especially foreign nationals. Um, but she's she's nice. She's she's very kind and considerate with you. Uh, is there anything else you want to do 
Um, no, I'm just gonna sit at the bar and just listen uh, once again. What are you two doing? I guess we're in the conversation, Gunther. I've forgotten my French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. In conversation, we're just talking about why we're here and us and... Gunther, I am very alone here. And what might a man like me do for entertainment? Gee, I'm not really too sure. Uh, what do you do for fun, Gunther? Go in the woods. Hunt. That sounds awful. <laughs> try it. Okay, Gunter, I will come with you. <laughs> I've had one whiskey, by the way. I've had one whiskey and a Chardonnay today. I will I will come and I will be a hunter. Rip, you are moving stuff out. Also, you said that um, my good buddy Winky is out there as well. Uh, he has since left. Okay, I was I was hoping to catch him before he left. Would I? Unfortunately, no. No, he didn't. He didn't. Was a fast dog. Uh, roll, roll a luck. Maybe luck. Oh, good lord. Ooh, no, 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 it's a 92. Yeah. <laughs> High numbers are bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's gone. And in fact, by the time you get back, after helping her bring up her bags and having your discussion with uh, the people, the um, the yardsmen and all that other stuff and everything, you have missed him by about an hour. Like, he's, you've been kind of in and around for about an hour. Um, and he got his dogs, got them all set up and left. Is there anything of note that's happening during this labor time or uh, hours back? Not really. Uh, there's some arguments between the yard foreman and the conductor. Uh, the conductor is like, come on, we need, like, help us out here. Who's supposed to be offloading and loading this up? There's got to be more people. And uh, Stu Weaver, who's the foreman, is just sitting there going, there is nobody. This is it. We're as short-staffed as we can be right now. The flu hit us hard two weeks ago. People are recovering in the hospital in Edmonton. It's where this is all you got. Maybe if you could pick yourself up off your lazy ass and you move some of the stuff, that would be good. Well, I got to be in tip top shape to run this train and make sure. And they're just going back and forth. Yeah. Right. Um, I would like for you to roll another luck. please. Well, this is not going well for me so far. Oh, that's all right. 39. That's, that's underneath the 60. 39. Um, you are pulling these crates out and it's various things. It's food. It's, and a lot of it's like salted meats and whatnot. So it's just winter supplies. It's, the- it's winter supplies. Uh, and you're actually noting as you're pulling things out, a lot of it is, um, stuff almost specifically to get through this month of darkness that's going to hit any day now. Right. And you're pulling these things out. Um, however, the one thing that's weird to you, no guns are being brought in. No ammunition, no weaponry, no anything like that. For a town so far up north that would rely quite heavily on hunting, there's none of that here. It there, there's food supplies and there's would I know tools. would I know that that they rely on hunting and stuff up here? Um, yeah, you'd be aware. You you've worked in a couple remote locations before right. that kind of have the same deal. Um, but. The other thing that you're noting is there's a lot of mining supplies here. And this is something that is your bread and butter. Yeah. I'm going to start looking around to see if there's any, like, uh, corporation tags on any of this stuff. Everything is tagged with the McGregor Foundation. McGregor Foundation. Everything. All right. The food, the mining supplies, everything. And it's 
picks, it's sieves, it's wheelbarrows, it's it's all these things. It's replacement tracks. It's uh, uh, cart kits to build mining carts. And you're bringing all this in. And this might be a bit weird because there's a lot of it. And you're hearing that there is a uh, manpower shortage right now. So this is what you're going to get with your spot hidden is that there is a lot of mining supplies being brought in. Just enough food and supplies to kind of make it through the month. But an excessive amount of mining supplies are being brought in. Okay. Okay. Um, after about two hours, three hours of this, is if there's nothing anyone else wants to do. I'd like to finish up. The, the other thing, too, is you said we rolled in about noon, so I'm assuming that the local businesses are still open by the time I'm done four hours of hard labor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to go take 50 cents off the, this and go buy a sweater to put underneath my... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. My, uh, my jacket. Um, you would also know that you've got adequate winter gear. But you might want to restock on some stuff if you're going to be going a day north into the wilderness to bring uh, many extra socks. Yeah, stuff like that, right? You would you'd be kind of in the same boat. Okay. Okay. So you two are just going to go to the general store, I guess. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing. It. I'm going in and buying. Then I don't want to go back to my room. Okay. Um, just so you are both aware, the general store is run by a 74-year-old woman named Stella. She is oddly observant. Her eyes follow you wherever you go. And she seems to, like, every step you take, she seems to follow you. Right? With almost mechanical accuracy. She's just following you both as you walk through the store and buy things. As you come up and make an order for what you want to purchase, which there's an attendant in the store that will grab what you need to purchase. Everything's under glass, right? There's nothing for you to actually grab to purchase. She uh, sends the attendant down, specifically with the two of you. She's like, so how long are you in town for? And she's asking both of you this when you speak to her. So we'll, we'll do you first here, uh, Rip. Uh, so how long are you in town for? Uh, at least the dark... This. Oh, you're you're staying for the full deep dark. Yes. That's oh, the one. that's yeah. that's that's brave. What are you doing here? Uh, doing a little bit of investigations on the local mines. I met Doctor. Oh, you're a miner. Yes. Oh, fantastic! I should set you up with uh, um, Foreman Craig, uh, Foreman Sherman. Uh, he's he's the former uh, foreman of all of our miners. Uh, he, he's a good person to talk to, at the very least. All right. They're out in the mines right now, but in the next day or two, they'll probably show up. I'm staying at the inn. Send them my way. Oh, for sure. Will do. Perfect. Thank you. Um, and as you're walking away, she hands you your uh, stuff and you make your way up. Yeah, I'll introduce myself to like, okay. she'll know my name. And She's going to ask you the same question. Like, uh, who are you? Uh, you look like a outdoor woodsman folk. Hey, what can I get for you? Socks. That's it. Coffee. Oh, we could do that. Yeah, yeah. And she, <laughs> she comes forward and she like produces eight pairs of wool socks, um, and a can of coffee. Any anything else? No, no? I'm, I'm good. Uh, looks like you're uh, heading out, are you? Yes. I. Uh, just so you know, and she she's going to lean in real close to you at this point. Oh, the animals of the deep dark are wild. They are fierce and they are large. If you value your safety, I'd recommend you wait until after to go out hunting. Well, I didn't come here to shoot rabbits. I'm here to <laughs> scary things. Bears, 
there's bigger things than bears in the night. She pats your arm and goes, one second. And she's going to go over and she grabs this small metal medallion and it's got this uh, sinew leather cord around it and she hands it to you and she says wear this and um, you'll be protected from the evil spirits. Can I try to figure out what it is somehow? Roll an arcana check. Uh, (laughs) That's an occult check? Uh, Yeah, you can roll an occult check if you want. (laughs) I don't really. (laughs) Uh, That's your option. (laughs) You get an occult check. Uh, I'll I'll give it a whirl. No. 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 (laughs) Yeah, fuck no. Uh, It is an iron medallion. Circular and quite large. On it is a uh, figure of a... I guess it's a snake. It might be a um, worm. It might be something along those lines. But there are six arms pouring off of this thing that are grasping the outer ring of this circle. And from the end of this worm snake thing is a long tongue that uh, stretches maybe an inch past. And it's, it's an Inuit protection medallion. Well, thank you very much. I will uh, keep this on me. Yeah. it's It's got some weight to it. Cool. You make your way back towards the uh, inn, and as you are getting near the door, you are hearing barking on the horizon. And you are noting that this is the first time that you have heard barking or any animal noise. Suddenly, you're realizing since you Arrived. In fact, this town is eerily quiet now that the train has kind of stopped and the hustle bustle of people pouring off. The town itself is quiet and there's not a lot of people on the streets now that people have kind of settled in. The sun is starting to set and it's getting towards night and it is dark and like rapidly getting dark. And this is the first time you hear dogs on the horizon and they're rapidly approaching. You see Lenny screaming into town on a dog sled, and he sees you as you're about to enter into the uh, bar, Gother. And he, Gother, 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 stop, 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 stop. And he's panicked. And uh, do me a favor, roll a spot hidden. Is spot hidden just the visual? Yes. That's it. Yeah. What is there a search or an investigate or anything skill? Uh, that's spot hidden too. Uh, it's all spot hidden. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hard success. Hard success. Um, you see a young man, probably 20 or 21, and he is in the front area of the dog sled. Okay. Uh, and he's been tied down. And over the sound of the dogs barking, the sound of Lenny screaming, you hear the insane ravings that this guy, like, he's babbling, and he's thrashing against the um, uh, the bonds there. In fact, all of you within the bar, now that you're all there, hear this racket of someone outside screaming and dogs barking. Those of you who have met Lenny, hear Lenny's voice. And, okay, I know I said we would leave uh, fairly uh, Soon, but I can't leave my friend. Uh, and he points to this guy in the cart who is just sitting there babbling and like laughing and crying and, and um, weeping openly and then screaming horrifically. And he's just flipping from these things and just pulling against the bonds. And you see Lenny look down to him and goes, uh, I found him in the 
uh, on my way to the outside, to the kennel, I saw him, he was wandering in the uh, wilderness alone, um, with no clothes on at all. You're the wilderness man. Um, what? And he, and he points to this guy who's just raving on the cart. But all of you hear this. We're still inside the bar. You're all still inside, yeah, the, inside bar. the bar. Yeah. Being a police detective, I would naturally run out of the bar. Yeah. Probably weapon dropping if it sounds like there's screaming. Yeah, there's, there's screaming and stuff. So you come out and you've got your revolver. Uh, Nobody move! <laughs> uh, you see Lenny, he goes, oh shit! And he lifts his hand and goes, help! And he points down to his friend. And there's this uh, very young, like, young man, black hair, uh, pale features, but he his skin is drawn. And, and uh, he's got almost a bluish tint to his skin. Like, this guy's been wandering around in the cold for a while. Roll a medicine real quick. Yes. No. No. As I need a one. Yeah, you succeed. <laughs> that. Uh, you could also roll first aid, I guess, uh, would also help with this to kind of figure out what's been going on with this guy. Okay. Uh, yeah. 38 against a 60 I need. So, yeah. Okay. He is in the later stages of hypothermia. Uh, hypothermia. But... Hypothermia doesn't make people crazy and, and like makes you a bit of an asshole. Makes you a bit of an asshole, but you're not yeah. a raving madman, yeah. which this guy clearly is. So this man is broken, and you've seen this in your time in the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw men who were shell shocked or were uh, stunned by the oppression when you were at the song, mm-hmm. right? I need for you. Seeing this raving lunatic and him bringing these memories of the song back to oh, you. Oh shit. You are going to roll our first sanity check. Okay. It's, it's just percentiles and then it's I go percentile again. against your sanity score. Oh, it's pretty good. Where was sanity score again, Dan? Sorry. Uh, 38 against 65. Okay. You've seen this before and it, it kind of jars you. This man is clearly suffering from some sort of shell shock. I'll put my revolver back Okay. my holster and I'll say, Monsieur Wiggler, where did you find this man? Uh, he was out by the kennels. I was getting my... I was putting my... Uh, uh, this is weird. Uh, I was putting my dogs, getting my dogs put away for the night. Remove your coat. It's freezing. He is colder than you. He's balls. And he pulls off his coat, and he's got like a, a, a heavy woolen, like outdoor coat. Pulls that off and lays it down. Uh, Charity and Rip, what are you guys doing during this time? You're outside. You hear the raving and the yelling. Uh, I'm gonna get up and go over and look at your Lenny's voice. Sorry, <laughs> Winky's voice. Uh, you see Winky, Lenny, outside, and his hands are up. Uh, even though you put away your gun, his hands are still up. Like he just doesn't know what to do about it. And he's pointing down to his dog sled, and his dogs are sitting there whining and moving. You actually notice this as weird behavior as well. They're actively jarred by the sounds this guy's making, right? And his dogs are straining at their bonds. Is there anybody else around? Uh, just us. Uh, it's just you guys. Um, in fact, as soon as uh, I, I need for you, there's got to be a better skill for this, but uh, spot hidden. Um... Actually, no. Roll a psychology. Psychology will do it. No, I won't. I'm telling you now. 
Psychology. In a second, I want to check it for injury. All right, so I could fail psychology. Okay. Uh, you are focused on this. You don't see anybody else around it. Or in the streets. No. I got a 35. Okay. 40. Uh, with the sound of the dogs coming in um, and whatnot, you notice uh, a couple people in the bar um, rapidly finish up what they're doing and make their way up to their rooms. It seems a bit weird. Uh, name, and namely, uh, Naomi, who is the uh, owner, and Earl both make their way into the back and you hear sounds from the kitchen stop. You just see the bartender shake her head and she starts pouring herself a drink. And she's not leaving, but she's she's still there. She's the only other person left in the bar. Hmm. Okay, well. Uh, not including like a couple of the people who you know are from the train. Okay, well, I'm gonna go over and talk to her. Okay. And see what she knows. Okay, yeah. Let's do this real quick and then we'll get to that. Checking him for injuries, checking under his fingernails. First day. Oh, it's good again. 39. I think that's a pass, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Okay. Um, you pull the large blanket off of him, and you see that he is tied with rough hemp rope to this thing, and he's straining against it. And you would actually uh, note that this guy is small and frail, clearly a scientist, but he is straining against this rope, and you hear the sounds of it stretching. Then what's this man's name? Uh, Lenny goes, oh, it's, it's Ryan. It's, it's uh, Dr. McKinney. Ryan, Ryan McKinney? Yeah, he, he's, he's the, the, he's, well, he's not quite a doctor yet. He's learning, but he's, he's one of our radiologists. Uh, the, he's not supposed to be this far from the outpost. I don't know what's going on. Ryan, can you hear me? There's nothing for it. And I will just knock him out so that he stops flailing. Uh, okay, roll a brawl. If you're observing, I'd like for you to roll a spot hidden, please. I rolled an 18 against 25. Oh, 18 against a 25? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you hit him. Uh, roll a d3. It's a d6, right? Yeah, d6. Uh, so, round down, so one. Three would be a one? Uh, no, it's one and twos are ones, threes and fours are twos, Okay. fives and sixes are threes. Okay. So you do two damage to him. You clock him in the head and uh, he moves and for a minute he's quiet. Thick blood pours down his face. Uh, you've caught pretty bad. Okay. Um, he starts raving again and the blood starts pouring into his mouth and he starts choking on it. Is he speaking like, a language that I recognize or is he just uh, saying- Roll a language other check. Oh, well, fuck. I've got to get one. Sorry. So, so no. No. Uh, roll a language Inuit check. Sorry. He's yelling very loud. Okay. Can I roll again since it fell out or no? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can roll again. Too. Um, 98. Mm, no. 98 is a hard no. Yeah, no. That's a um, fumble. That's a fumble. Uh, it's a language check. Uh, you hear it and you just kind of push it off. Um, in fact, you're focused on what Leona is, or Leona is talking to you about. Um, you're not going to hear pretty much anything around you. So for a little bit, you're going to have penalty on listen checks as okay. a, as a um, consequence. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, like, right over to Lenny. What happened? Uh, 
You asked what happened, you asked what happened, you're just observing. Um, what was your spot hidden? Uh, successful. Successful? Um, you see blinds and windows close while they're all talking. Lenny goes, I I was getting my uh, dogs, I was going to put them in the kennel for the night, and then we are going to head on out in the morning to the outpost, when I found Ryan out in the woods, like he was... Maybe a mile out from the city? Hey, uh, Martin, uh, maybe we can get this guy inside somewhere. He's not going to hurt himself and get these dogs put away. Wait, correct. Um, then I'll carry this man inside. Uh, I mean, I... I'll pull out my bayonet. And I'll... <laughs> what? <laughs> Call this hard steal yourself. I... Why? Why are you... Why did you pull a knife on me? And I'll the the ropes. Oh, you're cutting the ropes. Well, isn't he tied down to the sled? Yes. We gotta yes. get him in. We got okay. two big burly guys here. So, so you cut the ropes, and uh, Ryan is buck ass naked underneath. Like just everything's out to the elements, and his feet are black with frostbite, and his hands are are, are dark gray and white, and the early signs of frostbite are setting in. And he stands up on these frozen black feet, and he stands up and screams this unearthly howl. I need the three of you to make sanity checks, please. I just want you to know that my sanity... Zero one. Oh, shit. Wait, is sanity? Nice. My uh, sanity is a 65, and I rolled a 64. Good. We have six. Okay. You both pass. You're good. Roll a d10. Five. Add that to your sanity score. I will do that. You rolled a one. Yeah. Critical success. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of grab him and try to wrestle him into the end. Okay. Uh, roll a brawl. Um, and I'm going to uh, contest that as he is going to try to dodge. Does he get the advantage, maybe, because we're helping him? Um, because you crit on your sanity, you are you know something's about to go down, and you're, you've you got to step forward. So yeah, roll with advantage. Cool. Uh, 45. Um, 75. You go to wrap your arms around him, and he drops, and your arms hit air as he dodges your attack. He is going to take a clawed hand, which you are now noticing, like, the ice on his hands are uh, these long claws. Like, his fingernails have grown long, and his hands are these blue-white appendages. Um, and we're actually going to enter combat. Oh, okay. shit. Okay. What do we do? Everybody so, went, uh, no, I don't <laughs> Roll initiative. Roll no. initiative. Um, what... Are our dexterity scores 80? 50. So 80, 50, 40, 40, 80, 80. Um, it's space combat, so so brawl is the tiebreaker. Yeah. Who's got the best? 35. Oh, 25. Okay. So, um, funny enough, as I've written down your guys' names, that's going to be our initiative orders. Where's what, what, what he? Um, where's this guy? Um, he's got a dexterity of 60. So he's going to go just before you. Okay. Okay. Um, Dave, what would you like to do? 
Uh, I think Gunther is going to maybe take his lead from the lawman and just maybe have his hand on his gun, his sidearm, but uh, wait to see what the lawman wants to do. Okay. So you're going to hold your action? Yeah. That is something you could do. Yeah. So, okay. You hold your action. I'll shoot him in the leg. Okay. There's a raving lunatic in the streets here. Okay. Shooting him in the leg. This might be why your son died. Just throw that out there. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. Um, you pull out your gun and it's you. Already out. Oh no, I did a holster. Yeah, it, you yeah. holstered it. You pull out your gun and you go to make an attack. Now he is within. What is the fifteen range? yards? Fifteen yards. He's within your range. Okay. So, uh, and he's within one fifth of his dexterity score as well. So he is going to fight back while you do this. So you're both going to roll an attack. Okay. Um, you roll your firearms uh, handgun while I roll my brawl. Dear God, just stay out of my way. 20. That's 20 dead on, right? 20 to 0? Yep. 200%. Oh well, well, that's not good. No, does that, how does that land in your? Oh, gets my oh, um, firearms hang. That is a hard success. Okay, I rolled a four, which is an extreme success. What the fuck? <laughs> this is all so, bullshit. So, uh-huh, um, he is going to take this claw, and as you level a gun at him, he is going to grab a hold of your wrist and slash up. Your torso. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> what the? There's these things. I had to cut the room. You're going to take eight points of damage. Holy shit. That's half of your life. Um, that's more than that. So, that would fun. no, no, no. That would be, is that more than half your health? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you just suffered a major wound. This game is deadly. Yeah. Does that just mean my attack misses? If you Your attack misses. So you let this, your shot goes off and it like embeds in the building and you suffer this large wound along your chest. You've now lost these hit points. These hit points are going to be hard for you to recover as well because it's a major wound. Basically, he guts you. Do I have movement within my turn? Uh, you do, except he has a hold of your wrist as part of this fight back. What are my options here mechanically? Uh, can I go? Your actions mechanically is your turn is done because you failed your attack. Okay. Okay, you're done for now. Okay. You held your action, you can go. Please fight a three. <laughs> oh, let's shoot him. Okay, roll an attack. Um, and he's going to fight back because he has two attacks in his round. Sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I didn't you rolled a three? Jesus, it's Dan roll the three. Yeah, we're fucked. We're out. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> is that still a hard success? Uh, for firearms. That is a hard success. You guys match um, because you both hit an extreme success, um, and his is the reaction of it. No one's going to take any damage. You both meet, so your shot misses. But his claw towards you, he takes one of those clubbed feet and almost supernaturally extends it towards you with these uh, large spines of bone and ice erupting from it. And he is going to attempt to catch you in the stomach, but you kind of jump back, which is why your shot misses. And he rips a section of your wool cloak. Mm. That's his turn. Uh, I have a question. Um... I can burst fire. You already chose to do the one okay. single shot. Right. Yeah. 
I'm like this fucker up my turn. So these two shots have gone off, echoing throughout the streets. It is now his turn. He is going to make a brawl against you and you. What are our options? You can dodge, or sorry, you can do nothing. You can roll a dodge, or you can fight back. Fight back will stop his attack with an, with an attack of your own, and it has to be a fighting brawl. It can't, I can't shoot him? You cannot shoot him with a uh, fight back. Then I will attempt to dodge. Gunther, what would you like to do? I have a dodge as well. Okay. That means I'm trying to hit half my decks. So 40. Yeah, underhand, yeah. Okay, I've been rolling well. So I fuck this up with Hard pass. No. Fail. Okay. He misses you. Uh, I roll a 68 for his uh, attack against you. So, uh, you go to dodge, but he lunges towards you and he thinks you're going to move a little bit further than you do. So his hand goes wide. Unfortunately, Gunther, his foot, which kicks back, catches you in the chin. I rolled a two. This game is deadly. You're going to take nine points of damage, which is another major wound. I would say. Um, As he catches you in the chin, he gashes you deeply across the face. I need a constitution roll from you. Looks like you and I are the other ones left. Fantastic. (laughs) Hard pass. Hard pass. You do not fall unconscious. Great. Okay, so that's his turn. Um, For his movement of that... Oh, no, that's his turn. He's done. Okay. I reach behind me and I'm going to pull out a freaking carving knife. Yes! And, and I'm just going to grab by the hair and Get put it up through his like, okay. jaw. You have advantage on this roll. Cool. He is still going to try to fight back. Yep. I got a six. So did Dan. So extreme? did I. That's an extreme you success. Just, you rolled under ten. Three times I, I rolled a six. Okay. Four. He's rolled under ten. Four. You're not allowed those dice anymore. No, it was the purple ones before. That was the purple ones I just rolled. So, hold on. What does that mean if uh, we both draw? Yours is extreme though, right? We're both extreme. Both of us. Oh, yours is extreme as yeah. well? I thought it was sort of hard. Um, so, what that means is both success. If it's a draw, the initiator wins. Yay! Alright, uh, and let me see what am I doing with this. 2d4 plus 2. Uh, 9 points of damage. Fuck. Okay. But yeah, if you went, okay. <laughs> that would have been worried. And for my second action, no wait. <laughs> Miners get 3 attacks. You drive your carving knife into the base of his skull. His body shivers and shakes, and this unearthly howl pours out again. You're noticing black ichor is starting to pour out of the back of his skull. Uh, You pull it out with a shrieking noise as bone and gore just pour out of him. And in the back of his head, an excessive amount of black ichor starts pouring out of this guy's brain cavity. And he goes limp and dies. Can I, can I say something? Sure. I even yell at the top of my lungs um, because I saw you were by the door. Uh, Miss Flanagan, we need a doctor now! <laughs> God, he's coming back. Um, 
I'm not gonna turn to, to Winky and be like, get a doctor, get uh, the doctor, don't want to get the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and bolts down the street. All right, Gunther, you okay? Time will tell. <laughs> Detective, lie down. <laughs> yeah, I want to walk out the bar towards the just like moseying on out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> What, which organs am I trying to hold in right now? Uh, your intestines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How's your first day? Huh? How's your first day? You got, you got nothing literally in eviscerated. <laughs> Alright. Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh, this does have an act, guys. Does anybody have some wartime experience with this? I've got some first aid. Yeah. This would be the uh, moment. So you want to roll first aid to stabilize him. Uh, you also want to roll. For, you also want to roll first aid to stabilize yourself. Is there because any you way, are bleeding. Is there any way I can help at all? Like I'm not. You guys are just gonna like. You you're working aid? on his face. And yeah. You're working on his stomach. I have first aid. I'm not unconscious. Uh, all right. Can he give me advantage on me trying to help? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you you direct. Do you want to do this? Okay. So do what? <laughs> Hold his guts in. No, I want to double tap the monster. <laughs> there we go. Bloodthirsty. Yep. Nice. Okay. So, real quick to set this scene. For both. Um, there is a 11 dogs tied to a dog sled. There is a naked corpse on the ground in front of you. Uh, is holding his hand to his face, which has these large, angry gashes carved out of it. Um, while you're doing that, you are attempting to help Martin. Who's holding in his intestines? I got a two. You got a critical success on the first day. Yeah. Nicely done. You go and you are uh, with Martin's advice. For the record, I got a two and a four. Or no, sorry, two and a and a twelve. Okay. Well, yeah, you would have had a success that way. Yeah. Nice enough. Um, you are, you actually soak him up. Um, you are not only stabilized, but I'm going to say you gain a hit point. Um, <laughs> uh, as, as, actually, no, it's 1d3 hit points. Well, 1d3 hit points. Kill me. The three. Yeah. You gain three hit points. He seals up your wounds and bandages you well. Um, I also say I need another roll for Gunther. As you first aid yourself, I guess. Yeah. So... Um, I have first aid if it gives you a. Gives You're already busy helping yourself oh, okay. at this point. Yeah, I'm successful. You're successful? Okay. You bandage it up. You're not going to. Uh, you gain a hit point. Uh, being successful, you gain the hit point. Um, as you stabilize the bleeding from your face. Um, you guys hear a door slam. And here. She wants to. Oh yes, sorry. Um, I'm gonna walk out of the uh, of the bar and I'm gonna take pull the um what is it called Derringer pistol from my. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> this naked form on the ground in front of you, with a large gash out of the back of his skull, um, one leg is flapping around just wildly on its own accord. Right? Uh, you see the fingers twitching on this thing. Um, as it's at your feet, what would you like to do? Oh, I want to shoot it in its brain. Shoot it in its brain. Uh, roll a firearms, please. 
You get advantage because the thing is. Yeah, you get you, you get to roll seventy four. Roll another uh, d ten on another percentile. Yeah. Um. Eighty. Oh no, no, it's 14. You got a 14. That is a hard success. You, I'm, I'm, you don't need to roll damage on this one. You pop this thing in its head with this, uh, with this derringer and, um, the brain cavity itself explodes. Chunks of skull and brain, uh, well, not necessarily brain, like there's small little black melted chunks of brain as you shoot this thing and this black ichor seeps out and stains the snow and the deck around you. Uh, I need everyone to roll a sanity check. Did anyone fail? No, no, no. No, cool. There are no degrees of success unless you, if you critically success on this, sure. I might give you the ability to regain some sanity on the spot. But uh, what's a critical success from sanity? Uh, oh, a no. a singular one. Okay. Yeah, here. So yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, but sanity is is as a brutal mechanic. Yeah. It is. It it can have some effects. So uh, you guys do this, and you hear a door slam, and you hear heavy booted feet running towards you. You would recognize the sound of a huffing, angry Brad Sullivan, and he comes around the corner, and you hear this heavy. And you guys all turn around to see this double barrel shotgun pointed at all four of you. I'm gonna spin hold here in this, hold the knife out. One sec. I don't know who's good. Uh, there's two guys, and they are standing on either side of him. One of them has a, um, a rifle, and it is level at you as well. And his finger, he those of you who are in the military, he is not practicing. Oh, there's no trigger discipline here. Uh, safe trigger discipline. His finger is on the trigger, and his finger is shaking. Um, and you see a, an odd smile on his face. Like, finally something, some excitement, right? Um, and this is, this man is probably mid-30s. Uh, beside him is a younger 24, 25-year-old man as well, and he's got his revolver, but it's by his side, and he's got his hand out. And he's the first one that yells out. He goes, I can put your weapons down right now. I would immediately drop the knife in my hand. I know. Okay. You notice all three of them are wearing badges. You know who they're at. I'll just put my gun back into my holster. I'll keep my hands up. Okay. Brad, uh, or, or Sheriff Sullivan, walks forward. And what the fuck is going on here? And he looks down and he snaps his fingers. He's looking at the body, he snaps his fingers. He goes, Jared, grab it and go. And Jared walks over and grabs the body of uh, Brian uh, McKinney. How much of a hit does he have left after He's got this charity. Yeah. Just a stump. Um, as he's pulling it away, uh, he's got like a jaw up to his nose on the front end and it's hanging loose and you see this long purple tongue. Like, he grabs the body, throws it over his shoulder and is walking away and Sheriff Sullivan hasn't dropped his gun. Have you dropped yours? No. Okay. He is going to 
aim this gun at you. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your daddy is. Drop the fucking gun, Sidhart. I'm going to stand up. Because <laughs> I was leaning down over over um, Martin, Mar- Marty. And, uh, I, and I'm just going to stand up and look him square in the eye. So I don't think that's necessary. I'm just going to drop the gun and put my hands Thank up. Thank you. Because I don't want any trouble. Just put it down. I'm going to get in any trouble for you, too, Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> no, Yeti, you won't. <laughs> Anyone want to tell me what the fuck just happened here? Uh, you may want to ask Dr. Winky. <laughs> he looks around and goes, Who? Lenny. <laughs> Leonard? Yeah. He looks around. Leonard's gone. You guys sent him out to go find a doctor. So John, Dr. Winkler appeared was this man who immediately attacked me as I attempt to arrest him. That is what we all saw. You attempted to arrest a naked man who was suffering from frostbite and hypothermia. Would not you attempt to detain this man? I wrap him in a blanket. I also did that. He looks around. There's no blanket. There was a <laughs> there's, there was a blanket. Sergeant, there was a coat here just a moment ago. <laughs> um, Call of Cthulhu. The case of the missing jacket. <laughs> um, he. Sighs deeply and goes, I'm just gonna have trouble with you, aren't I? Most police chiefs do. (laughs) Alright, we're gonna take care of this. When Winky Leonard comes back. I'm confused, who is this Winky Leonard? (laughs) When Winky Leonard, whatever. When the idiot comes back, you bring him to the police station. And he's going to turn and walk away. Um, I need a psychology from anyone who wants to roll it. Well, we're here, aren't we? Yeah, might as well, right? Oh, mine's probably good. No, but yeah, I'm successful. I am not. Seven. 25, I'm successful. Okay. Uh, that's a hard success for you. Hard success? Yeah. Um, you note the younger one, the, the younger deputy, uh, who's got a name, Keith. Written on Freaking Craig and Keith, huh? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you, would also know, you would also know that the sheriff had Sullivan and the other guy had Hale. H A L D. Um, so he's got Keith written on a name tag. And he seems to hesitate as the uh, sheriff walks away. Uh, and he goes, uh, and turns and follows. Seems like he wanted to tell you something, but he stopped himself. Like, maybe this wasn't a good time. So he makes his way away, um, and within moments, Leonard comes back. The doctor's gone. I I don't know where the doctor's at. Where? He comes back to the What happened? Where's Ryan? You must come with me to the police station. Why? Where's Ryan? Because you are being... What's the black stuff? What did you guys do? Um, I will uh, ask I'm going to ask him. Uh, Mr. Winkler, please kindly turn our hands. I'm, I'm taking everybody's weapons and handing them back to them. Okay. Uh, Leonard does a full 360. Like, I'll just guide him around and I'm okay. going to clip my handcuffs onto him. Why? What? Why? What, what are you doing? It is in your best interest if you say no more. Which... 
but because I honestly have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Why are you coupling me? Where's Ryan? What, what happened to Ryan? I will just leave him there for a moment. I'm going to reload the round into my revolver. And then when these guys are ready, I'll take him to the police station. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to just like straight up look at everyone and say, I don't trust the guy, the cop. And I think Leonard here is in trouble. Why am I in trouble? What? So we should probably keep an eye on him. I agree. I don't really trust you, Leonard. Leonard, Leonard, Leonard. Hold on one second before you go. <laughs> and, and I, and Who I, are I, you? What? What did I do to piss you off, lady? Right. My friend, where, where's Ryan? I, I turned around. I, he's I, not I, supposed I, to be away from the from the outpost. He's, he's, what? The showing club. Someone tell me what's going on. Ryan is deceased. What? And he drops to his knees and starts sobbing. What? What happened? So, would you kind of? I'm inside. You gotta talk to Big Guns over there. Yeah, it's Gun. What's she doing, bud? So, Gun, would you kind of carry Mr. Winkler inside? We'll give him a drink and then take him to the station. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take him in. We'll, we'll give him a drink and then we'll take him. Okay. Um, he is openly sobbing. He's avoiding you. Because uh, <laughs> what, what's going on inside? Inside? Uh, you guys walk inside the tavern and there's no one here. Even the bartender has now left. Um, there's no one else inside of the main body of the uh, bar either. It is not quiet because there's a monophone playing some jaunty 1920s era music. Um, but uh, as you guys enter in, you uh, can I have a listen from everybody actually? I'm not there. Or a spot hidden. I will spot hidden. Pass. You were leading him in. What are you doing? No, I said I went inside way before. Uh, you were oh. everybody else. So. Yeah, we're leading him in. Is this considered Okay, Martin and I. No, it's um, uh, You walked in beforehand. No one was in there. This is yeah. the same scene you see. Okay, and then I went upstairs. And then you went upstairs? Okay, so you went on upstairs. Then. I got a hard pass. 14. A hard pass? Yeah. What was yours? So hard pass. Hard pass? You failed. Uh, you failed. Um, this... The bar is just empty to charity. However, to the two of you, um, it is eerily quiet except for the skipping uh, monophone, the skipping music. Um, and you would all recognize the song um, as, a, as a popular song from the 1920s. Um, and the repeating phrase on the song is... Uh, I lost my heart. I lost my heart. I lost my heart. I lost my heart. And it's just playing over. I'll over. start the song off again. Okay. Um, so you start it all over again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I lost my heart. And then the song continues. Yeah, going um, I'll sit um, Mr. Winkler down. He's sobbing. Yeah, still in his handcuffs. I'll just reach over, pour him a bourbon. Put the bottle back, pay some coins. Okay. And then I'll just put it in front of him, even though I know he can't drink it. Okay. He, he looks at it, then looks at you, and then looks at it, then looks at you, and then, like, kind of waves his cuffed hands behind his back. Um, he goes, I, I don't drink. It's just as well. Listen, guys, thank you 
so much for your help. I guess, what happened with Ryan? <laughs> so we got Ryan attacked, an officer of the law, and therefore he had to be subdued. Is that what happened to your face? See this big gash? It was Ryan. How did he do that? And this, is know. that what happened to you too? And this Latina goes, ah, how did Ryan do that? Tell me exactly where you found this man. He, he was in the woods a mile outside of the te- outside of the kennels, uh, which also, weirdly, had no dogs. All the dogs are gone. I've got the only dogs. Was he supposed to have dogs? Uh, yes. He, yes, he brought dogs with him. Yeah, all the dogs are gone. It's like, the sleds are there, was the there, dogs are gone. Was there any tracks? Um, I was trying to find somebody. I was trying to find the kennel, uh, the kennel master, uh, Crystal. She was nowhere to be found, um, and, and I couldn't find any tracks, but I heard him in the woods, so I went to go investigate, and that's when I saw him. And um, He was naked in the woods, yelling, running. Um, he looked lost, like he'd been in there a while. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Crystal is... The the kennel master, yeah. What is Crystal's last name? Uh, Castello. How were you able to tie him down? Excellent question. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> when, when, I, when I walked up to him, he, he saw me and stopped and fainted on the spot. He was fairly easy. Like, he was still unconscious when we entered the town. And then when I finally started getting close, that's when he came back to and started yelling again. <laughs> And it clumped down, bump, 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 down the stairs. I got a pickaxe, like, strapped to my back. Yeah. All right, I'm ready to go. Go ahead. <laughs> We're going to go show down to the sheriff. I don't think, but... <laughs> so if I, of course, completely, I am an officer of the law. I do not like him any more than you, but I, I must try and shoot you if you do. Was, was Ryan dead? I'm not very good. Did you guys kill him? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did. One of us did. Roll a fast talk. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> One of us did. Roll a fast talk. <laughs> no. I did. <laughs> was it quick? Quick as I could. With your hands. <laughs> Not quick enough, apparently. <laughs> Listen. I know, I know Sullivan wants you guys to go back, but Ryan was one of three of the geologists, and he was by far the smallest of us. Including you? Uh, no, four. In in statue? Yeah. What would you like to do, Martin? Has Ryan been acting unusual? I've been gone a month. This is the first I've seen anybody from the geology. Before you left, was his behavior strange? From the geology. From the outpost. Was his behavior strange? Was he interacting with people that he should not have been? No, no. When I when I left, we were all like working hard that we were we were nearing uh, a, a large vein of, of the organic iron. I I don't understand. Um, Doctor Lang, he 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 was doing. He was really driven as he usually is. Uh, he was. Dr. Lang wants. Uh, like, Who's I, Lang? Who's Lang? Dietrich Lang. He's the lead geologist on this mission. Like, he's on, on, on this. Uh, in the outpost. He's, he's my boss, I guess. Um, but if Ryan made it out, I have no idea what Melody. Like, what's going on with Melody? What's going on with Dr. Lang? Who is Melody? Who's Another geologist. I thought there was three. There's three that were there Ryan, 
Dr. Wang, and Melody. And then I was coming to help. I was coming back from my vacation. What is Melody's last name? Uh, Melody Meyer. <laughs> so, listen, I, I know Sullivan wants you to go, but I gotta get back up to the outpost and see what's going on. If... If Ryan's out in the cold, who knows what's going on with everybody else? Some weird stuff happens at night in these areas. You guys know that the sun is setting right now. Lady Chartier and gentlemen, who I am a man of the law, I believe that something fishy is happening here. If we don't go see that sheriff, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> Wildsy. I believe that we should go to the geology center. How do you say? Outpost. Station, outpost. Outpost. We just call it November Victor. It's, it's, it's... Sure, because that is easier. (laughs) 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 Done. I'm I'm ready to follow you guys. (laughs) Oh, you're going to have to uncuff me. Uh, uh... We should be following you. You're the, uh... Yeah, yeah we're gonna need you. It's it's straight north. I have a map, but... And he moves his hands chained behind his back again. Uh, can we... Can we trust Monsieur Winkler? Yeah. I'm a hundred pounds soaking wet. What am I gonna do to you? Well, Ryan didn't have any clothes, and he managed to seriously fuck up two of the four of us. <laughs> <laughs> seriously fuck up. I was okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he, I have literally felt your guts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you guys doing? Okay, I'll uncuff him. Okay, he, he moves his hand and then he's immediately like uh, digging through his vest and he pulls out a map uh, and uh, he writes on it uh, Scientific Outpost November Victor 037. He puts that and hands it to you, um, to, specifically to you, Gun, and that's where we're going. Uh, all right, guys, I suggest we load everything up onto the sled here and uh, start making our way. Uh, how many can we get on that sled? Uh, it is a big sled, and uh, it looks like he's taken what supplies was loaded on it that he was going to be bringing up, mm-hmm. and he's kind of taken some of it off. Um, there's enough room all four of you, all five of you could fit on this sled. Okay, I'm going to take my rifle with me. What about my suitcases? With four suitcases? <laughs> Not with four suitcases. Do you need to, do you need to take all four suitcases? <laughs> what? Why for it? Like, just bring what you need. We'll be back soon. I just need to see what's going on at the outpost. We'll be there and back on the dogs. We could be there and back in a day. I don't really trust this place, so I want to bring my suitcases. So we're going to have to make some room. Can you go get my suitcases for me? I'm going to call a persuasion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> call, call a persuasion. Uh, post rolls. Oh, no, I meant for Lenny, not for me. I got to oh. unload the suitcase. Oh, you're more than willing to go oh, grab the suitcases? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Lenny goes... Uh, I, Oh, wait, did I need the roll? Oh, no, you're good. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> one of you will have to, uh, I guess, you'll, you'll have to sit uncomfortably if we're one of it for What's in the suitcases? No, it doesn't matter. You never you ask a lady that. Lady things. Uh, and you <laughs> wink comically to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, audio medium, Adam. Um, so you wink comically to Charity, uh, and then go upstairs to grab these things. And then I need your room key. 
Um, when you come, when I you go upstairs, <laughs> I need for you to roll a spot hidden. Ooh, probably. Oh yeah, uh, fifty-three. Does it? Yep. Okay. As you come up, you see a door close across the hall. Okay. Um, uh, and you see, uh... Do I know anything about the layout of, the, of this in, like... It's, you're basically in room. a long, uh, U-shaped hallway that has rooms all the way around it, right? It's just the second floor is this U-shaped hallway that has, like, another ten rooms upstairs for people to stay in before you go up to the third floor, which has more rooms. Um, you're on the, the second floor is the one that has the larger rooms, um, which is where her stuff would be. Uh, you know... Uh, from you bringing stuff up earlier, no one was staying in that room. And you see the door close. Yeah, to be fair, I did a whole bunch of work outside, so that's yeah, fair enough. Someone could have been in here. It's a hotel. Yeah. So, I'm gonna go, huh. And then wander over to her room okay. and I lock it and go in. Yeah, you, you grab the four suitcases and you look out the window and uh, another spot hidden, please. Uh, that is a... Uh, it's only a hard success. I stepped by one. Ah. It's only a hard only success. A hard success. Uh, you look outside, Adam, and you see a, like, gigantic crow on the other Can side. Can you define gigantic? Uh, this thing is probably... The size of a house. Five feet tall. Oh, shit. As a bird, and it is sitting on the roof across the street. Um... And it looks at you, like, and for some reason or other, you feel unnerved. This thing is, like, calmly observing you. And as it sees that you have seen it, uh, wordlessly, without a call, without a sound, it extends its eight-foot-wide wingspan and pushes off and flies off. The one thing that sits in your mind is these dark red eyes. Uh, you saw the, the lights uh, of the setting sun reflect off of these orbs and they're like dark red evil eyes staring at you and it flies off. Okay then. <laughs> Jesus. But that's what helped me carry these suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it might have just been a birthday that was really close. It might have just been on the outside of the window. <laughs> Yeah, I tell Gun about that. I don't want to kill him. Okay, you walk downstairs. You got these four things. The three, the four of you, including Lenny, have made your ways back outside. You have found a comfortable seat, and you've kind of pulled extra furs around for a very comfortable spot, and you have sat down. And unfortunately, this has taken over a large amount of <laughs> the the cart for your little throne, I guess. And a lot of the supplies have been forced off to the side. And then Rip comes down with these four suitcases. And would you gently place them beside her? Yeah. Uh, cramming this full. The three of you will be able to fit on this thing. In fact, Lenny's offering, if uh, asking if uh, Gun could drive so that his smaller form can sit next to you. I can certainly try. Uh, did you, have you ever worked with the dogs before? I've been around dogs before. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. It's fine. I'll, you just you just drive. Okay. Okay. Um, what about you? You're, you're French. You're from Montreal. You've driven a... Well, you've been the one way out. I have done this before. You have? Yeah. Fantastic. 
Never mind. Can you do it, uh, Dr. French? Officer French? What was your name again? Detective. Oh, Detective French. You are. Been in this town for about two hours and already tried to kill a man. So, you should bear that. You tried? I thought he killed him. You tried to kill Brian? Oh, yes. You didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was completely tried unrelated. You tried to kill a naked man and you failed? I never said he was naked. <laughs> I did. I put him in the cart. Sucks, I believe. <laughs> No, he had frostbite. Those were his feet. Anyway, mush. <laughs> the five of you get in the cart and drive. Uh, as you are all leaving town, spot hidden everybody, please. Yep. Oh, that is a harder than extreme success. I got a four. Uh, you got an extreme success? Yeah. Ooh. I'm successful. I got a 55 against a 55. 85. No, you succeed. Okay. You're comfortable. You're, you're, yeah. this is nice. You're welcome. And Lenny is finally meeting you for the first time. And he's like, mm-hmm. you're very pretty. Aww. Um, Thank you, you, my friend. <laughs> Did, I, I, I'm sorry that Ryan attacked you. I don't think that was Ryan anymore, but uh, just, I'm, I'm sorry that you're getting lumped in on this. Why are you getting lumped in on this? Because I want to. Okay. So, <laughs> sounds good. Um, are are you going to be? Is the big guy? Is is Rip going to protect you? Is is what's? I mean, I finally did no, myself. I don't. No, I remember her blowing the head off of this twitching man. Yes. And and, and say she doesn't need protection. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he avoids eye contact <laughs> and just looks forward and. Yeah, he's not having a good day. Um, Do we have a sanity check for Winky? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's having a bad day. Uh, as we okay, all, so your base successes. As you guys are riding out of town, uh, it's not what you see, it's what you don't see. You have to cut your way from Maine across to, uh, sorry, from Maine to uh, King George Boulevard. You cut across King George Boulevard and up Church Street. And as you're driving uh, the dogs, there is nothing. There are no people. All of the shutters are drawn and the sun is finally starting to set. And almost immediately as the sun sets, you guys are catching these red uh, lights um, erupt through the skies. Your uh, these are your aurora borealis, your your northern lights. However, they are a deep, pulsating crimson. Ooh, um, and there is uh, shades of purple and the occasional dark green that are working their way inside of them, and they feel dark and oppressive over you as you ride through town and it is silent there are no animal calls uh, animal calls there's no noise there's no people it is just you leaving a dead quiet town with your extreme success you see all that but you also see on the upper rim of these buildings these crows massive in feature there are multiple of them and as you guys ride by they turn and watch you leave right. and as soon as can I lean down and talk Gunther yeah I'm gonna lean over and go 
Look at the buildings. Look at the top of the buildings. You turn and you see these massive, legit crows, which don't really live this far north. Um, these massive black birds. And you see them look at you. And as soon as you turn your head to look up, they scatter, filling the sky with black wings and red eyes. Silhouetted against these red and purple northern lights as you guys drive your way north into the wilderness. And with that, we will end our first session of Call of Cthulhu, The Deep Dark of Radiance. It's a Mimic production. You can find more quality content on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or at www.itsamimic.com.